Hello everyone, my name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the podcast all about Joshi Pro Wrestling here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Every other Monday, we are with you talking about the biggest news in Joshi, along with show reviews, previews, and much, much more. So if you're new to Joshi or you've been a longtime fan, this is the show for you. We've got something for everyone here. So check us out, Jumping Bomb Audio. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Many, 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 many. You are listening to the Flagship Podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. I hate the commentators. I hate the ring announcers. I hate the production. I hate the wrestling. I hate the interviews. I hate uh, their promo style. I hate the way the shows are presented. I hate the way the shows are paced. I hate the video packages. I hate everything about this company with every fiber of my being. And Rich Crage. You know, he comes out and you're just like, oh, gross. Like, look at this guy. (laughs) In in all the best ways possible. He's just the, the slimiest looking guy you've ever seen. I love him so much. He's so good. And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? I like the new intro. It's a good one. Classic yeah. classic bit. People last week when they heard it said, nope, that's got to be in the intro. And, and it was perfect. Uh, and then I was going over the New Japan card. And I saw our, our guy, Lord Gideon Gray, the, the man I'm referring to in the uh, gross uh, clip. Uh, he's he's putting the boots on, strapping the boots on. So got to got to get the Lord Gideon Gray some love. So, yeah, yeah. Um, big winner too. the second night of Royal Quest. They, they won that 10 man with Lord Gideon Gray. I, he's, thought for sure I mean, he's a winning wrestler. He's he's, you know. He's going to have an all-time New Japan winning percentage at this pace. <laughs> if we were doing the ebook, yeah, we'd have to be a great write up about him. Surely he's been in some matches. Did he wrestle at all? In oh, he's ha- he's got to have some losses. I have to know this now. To Hold see on. if he's ever ever wrestled in. Um, oh, he's wrestled a million. He mil- wrestled a million matches on the tour and, and took the pin in all. Ah, oh, so. shit. All right. Well, you can you can yeah. forget that. All right. But, ebook um, ebook thing would not be that good then. So no. all right. Yeah, but a uh, big winner at uh, Royal Quest, nonetheless, was uh, was Lord Gideon Gray. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. He really, yeah. I, he wrestles a lot. I didn't even notice he was, I get, well, a lot of these aren't airing or I guess I'm probably not watching as many of the undercards as I, I, I maybe used to. So I'm, I'm possibly missing some of these, but uh, that's all right. He wrestled, um, you know, he's wrestling on the tours. I don't even think he's worked a core. Yeah, he worked a couple cork. Yeah. A couple corkins. Yeah. So I, it, it, there's probably um, a chance that he wrestled on a show that I watch and I just, you know, said, ah, I think I'm good. I'll get to the, I'll get to the meat and potatoes of the show. He, he loses. He he loses to everyone. He 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 beats the young lions though. Okay. All right. Oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. He should. I do notice he beats the young lions, so he's slotted ahead of them at least, even though he's like a manager. Um, the young lions just aren't going to beat anybody but each other. So he's got a couple wins. He's got about half a dozen wins. Probably he's got a better record than I would have guessed. He's like six and 
25 or something. Yeah, unfortunately, it'd be that, you know, in, in our ebook, we would have like the, the win loss record, then we'd have the parentheses and then the falls that they would take or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'd imagine his 6 and 25 would be a pretty ghastly uh, number uh, of, cool. of the falls that, that, that the Lord has, the Lordship has taken. Have, have they, uh, I wonder what they're going to do with uh, Suji when, when Suji comes back or he's ready to come back. Is he United Empire? I mean, he's, he's loyalist. Oh, you're Suji. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I would assume. They will do some kind of angle in his last Rev Pro appearance or one of his last Rev Pro appearances to give that clarity. Or he'll just come in as United Empire. Who yeah, knows? which isn't the worst. I mean, that wouldn't be the worst spot for him, honestly. No, I, I, I'd be okay he with that. He fits in. He fits in with that crew, for sure. Be a very large stable at this point with Aussie Open coming in and everything. But... um. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against that, but more than likely, they can always have him just beat up Gideon Gray on his right, last day right, right. or something, and and that would, you know, that would that would tie up the loose end. Um, to see. So, not impromptu beginning there discussing Lord Gideon Gray and Yotsuji's future booking. That's how we we start this award winning show. Number one in the Isle of Man and Turkey, uh, by the way. But uh, um, I had a question for you, Joe. This is this is a little off-topic banter, and then we will get to the wrestling. I know for some people this infuriates them, and other people it is the only reason they listen to the show. Uh, I, for dinner today, was eating grocery store fried chicken. Now, first off, what is your thoughts on grocery store fried chicken? I've uh, succumbed to that now and then. All right. Sometimes you look at it, and you're like, ah, hell. You know what? <laughs> that wasn't the plan. I wasn't going to eat grocery store fried chicken for dinner today. And then I went to the grocery store, and I saw that fried chicken, and I was like, damn. You know what? Looking good. I mean, grocery store fried chicken when I go home today. Yeah. And I did. And it was great. I'm glad I did it. I, I, I regret nothing. I regret nothing from the night. Was it? It come from the hot bar. Uh, I did. Yeah. They have, yeah. A, they, they have a new, they've, they, it, there's like a sign that says like new broaster chicken or whatever. So it, it's, yeah. they've upgraded the, cause this place that I go to, it's had some pretty, I, I've done it before and I have been disappointed. Uh, this was not disappointing. This was nice and crisp, nice and good. It was the spicy. It, it, it was good. It had a good spice to it. Uh, health wise, I, you know, I don't know if it was the most healthy dinner, but that's that's fine. I had some. Sa- I made a salad at the salad. I had a quite a meal. I had a salad from the salad bar and a, a grocery store fried chicken. So I was doing well. But uh, enough about me and my, you know. So you you do enjoy the grocery store fried chicken. At uh, times, listen, right? sometimes you walk by and smell, you smell it. The smell. You're like. You take a look and you're like, you know what? I'm going to have some of this grocery store fried chicken. Now, sometimes you'll eat it and then you'll be like, why did I get the grocery store fried chicken? You know, you have the regret, but sometimes it's perfectly fine. You know, a couple times a year. It's like, uh, do you have Golden Corral out by you? Uh, so we, there are a couple Golden Corrals, not many. We, we are, the, the buffets are very limited these days, but I, ha- I have gone to a Golden Corral, yes. I guess any cheap buffet would apply to, the, to what I'm going to say, though, but... Anytime I've ever gone to Golden Corral, I thought it was the greatest idea before I walked in. And then I eat nine plates of utter garbage. And when I'm walking out, I say to myself, I'm never going to Golden Corral ever again. And then it repeats six months later. Yeah. That's kind of like the same thing with the grocery store fried chicken, right? It smells good. It's tempting. You eat it and you're like, eh, you know what? Never again. But. You're going to be right back six months from now. Oh, certainly. Catch a whiff, and you're going to buy that plastic container with the fried chicken. You're going <laughs> Absolutely. To yeah, yeah. We, we, we've had this discussion White Castle as well. I, I know that, uh, you know, for yeah. some people, if, if, if you've ever 
White Castle has this thing where, like, you eat it and you're instantly just like, oh, my stomach's just fucking, oh, God. It's just, it's Why sm- did I do this? Like, your skin smells like it. Just, your yeah. whole body just smells like White Castle for, like, hours afterwards. And you're like, that, that was gross, man. Like, I'm never doing that again. But then sometime you drive, you drive past and you go, God damn, I'm getting to White Castle tonight. Yeah. Or, you know, if it's late at night and you're like, I'm hungry and, you know, White Castle's going to hit you the, know, hit the spot. Mean- and it hits the spot. But then, yeah. And then you instantly go, that is sickening. You're burping it up, and it's just that the onions, and you're like, "Oh no, I'm I'm good. I, I don't need to eat this again." For... Sometimes you gotta have that steam grilled taste, <laughs> right? Have... Sometimes, I mean, like now that we're talking about it, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, "Shit, tomorrow yeah. I could I could see myself getting a crave case and uh, and going to town." And yeah, the problem is you also eat like an abhorrent amount of white castles. Yeah, you never have like two, and you go, "Ah, all right." <laughs> yeah, quite the, the snack that is, was. Thank you. Yeah, you you really should just pull in and order one. And pay the seventy-eight cents or whatever, because I can I can think of the taste of White Castle in my mind right now. Like I I can taste it in my mind. It's so distinctive. I think if we just ordered one, the craving would go away. It would satiate what we're looking for. Yes, because yeah, you just want to hit that. You want that flavor to hit your palate, that distinctive taste. And I think we'd be happy with that, but no, I'm like you. I'll go in. I'll, I'll pull into that drive through. Fifteen. Yeah, you know. I'll order seventeen of them. Chicken rings, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mo- mozzarella strips. sticks, mozzarella sticks for sure. Yeah. If you're real daring, you throw in the clam strips. Oh you know, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. So and, and then then you eat it all, and those those fucking boxes are all over your dining room table. And, <laughs> You're just like you, your pores. You yeah, your pores just reek of like for like days on end. You can't get the smell yeah. away from you. That's awful. Got to take that. Yeah. You, you, you got to get it out of your house. So you can't even do that. It, it's yeah, it, it's the worst. But can't you taste it in your mind? I right can, now? and I want. I kind of want it yeah. right now. I wish we weren't doing this dumb yeah. show. I'd love to. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's fine. We'll do this. Uh, do this. This show. But uh, the reason, the big reason why I asked this is. Uh, and this is something that has come up in, in past you know, old school flagship listeners will know all about you and the grocery store rotisserie chickens. Yes. Uh, one of your favorite meals of, of, of yesteryear. Uh, and I realized that we haven't talked about it. as I'm as I'm scarfing down this grocery store fried chicken. I'm realizing I wonder if Joe still eats grocery store rotisserie chicken. And I, this it, it I, I was thinking about this a lot because I know that now you are a, a grocery store delivery guy, which, by the way, we got to get one of those to sponsor us. Don't tell me which one you use, but. Yeah, maybe in the DMs, let me know, and we'll shoot them a a message and say, "Hey, let's get some, let's get some sponsorship going here." I know you guys need, you know, nobody knows about your services, Uber Eats, so like, you know, yeah. DoorDash, and you know, all these, you know, different. Uh, we we, but um, those aren't the two. I know those aren't the two that you use. I, I, I they don't I, do it. Yeah, yeah they don't do it. I I, I know which one. It. I think I know which one you use, but I don't want to give them the free publicity. They're gonna have to pay for that first. But uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, you'll, you'll have to let me in the D- know in the DM so we can we can message them. But do do can you order? And I guess I wondered this too because I never do this. I, I've never done the order the grocery store delivery. But can you order the rotisserie chicken, like the grocery store rotisserie chicken from the delivery services? Yes. Okay. Between now, when you what now the specific grocery store you're ordering from, when it comes to hot items, you can only order them between certain times. But you can order. Ah, okay, okay. So it'll be like, oh, you can only order this between eleven and five, or whatever, or you're not going to get it. But you can order it. In fact, when I get when <laughs> I get my be, have you ordered it? Yes. Yeah, when I get my groceries delivered on a Saturday or Sunday, 
if I'm watching football. Sometimes I'll have them. Sometimes at the I'll, I'll make the grocery order, right? And then I'll just tack on at the end some hot wings or some, you know, some or rotisserie chicken or the fried chicken that you just ate. And then, uh, you know, that's my meal while I'm eating the uh, while I'm watching the football when the groceries show up. So, yeah, they will deliver that hot stuff. Absolutely. OK, that, that's good to know. I, I wonder. And, and you're still you're still frequenting the, the rotisserie chicken. Yeah, I mean, I don't eat as much as I used to. Like, well, it was every meal. That <laughs> was like at least three, four times a week. I'd yeah. get off work. When you're a single was... dude, when when you're a single like adult, it is yeah. there is no. I mean, I before I met the nurse, I mean, I I wasn't eating like bad, but I just didn't care. Who gives a yeah. shit what you eat? Just whatever you can eat to eat. I didn't keep food in the house. Yeah, like, I had nothing in my house. I. I no. Who cares? I just ate because I had to eat, and then I moved on with my life. It was it was never a thought. Never, you know how like you know uh, uh, Steve Jobs always wear the same shirt every day, just so he didn't have to think about you know one less decision he had to make every single day. That was I was like whatever, dude. I had like five frozen pizzas and some rotisserie chickens, and I was like I'll just eat these. Like who cares? I'll just eat them and I'll be done, and I never have to think about what I have to eat ever again. And 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 it made life so much easier. Yeah, most of the time, I would have like a gallon of ice cream and three cases of Coke Z in the fridge. And that was it. So I knew I'd have to get something on the way home. So the, the rotisserie chicken, which is why my great advice to the single women that were listening, which was probably in the single digits, but for all the single <laughs> that were the three tops, three, at, especially in those days, we were pretty, well, we were a big time show even then, but you know, even these days, even, I, I, the thing about it is the, the, the even the women that listen are all married. You notice that right, we have a lot are. of married women we that do. listen to the show. We know, you know, I don't think young single women is is our key demographic. <laughs> Demo, no, I, I don't think so. But my advice to them was, if you're having trouble meeting dudes or you want to meet, you know, some guys, a very underrated place to do so is about five thirty to five forty-five in your local grocery store at the rotisserie chicken hot stand because all the single guys are getting off work and they have either a case of beer or in my case, a case of Coke Z in one hand and they're grabbing a hot rotisserie chicken in the other hand. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's their meal. You'll they'll be there with their sleeves rolled up. Maybe the tie is a little loosened. That's a, That'd be my move. Uh, the tie would be a little loosened. Quite little. You're describing the guy that was next to me in line. So I went and got my. Yeah. I, I had the wedding ring on though, at least. And and sometimes when I'll, I'll like play basketball at lunch and I'll take the wedding ring off because I don't want it to get jammed or whatever. And I'll put it in my car. And then sometimes I won't put it back on. But before I walked into the grocery store, so I so people didn't think I was that guy. Ordering the rotisserie, the, getting the grocery store fried yeah. chicken and, and a hot bar salad or whatever, the salad bar salad. I threw the ring back on just so they know, no, 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 trust me. <laughs> like, I am, I assure you, despite the order that I'm making, I am married. But the guy behind me was exactly what you're describing. Probably worked at a bank or like a law firm yeah. or something like that. Sleeves rolled up, going to the hot bar. I think he had like a thing of mozzarella sticks and like four chicken tenders or something like ah, that. Perfect. and a case of Corona's. And it was just right. like, yeah, this is my night. Like, and you know whatever. What he's going to go home. Those pants are coming off immediately. For sure. Right. He's going to put on Eagles Texans and he's going to eat those chicken fingers and, and moot sticks and drink those Corona's. Yeah. And oh, fall, yeah. And fall asleep in his easy chair. Oh, he didn't look depressed. He looked like, hell yeah, this is going to be a great night. <laughs> this big is night. Be- yeah, it's a big night. 
You know, got he's Thursday got night fried football food. on what the Amazon Prime, right? Is that the Amazon Prime? Amazon yeah. Prime. He's got the fried food. He's got the undefeated Eagles, and uh, he's got a case of beer. You know, but that's it. Between he does the thing where he does the thing where the uh, the lazy boy he puts the legs up and then he kicks the the shoes off after that. Yes. That that's yes. the classic move. You take your shoes off before, that's fine. But the classic move is and then kink, kink, and then you kick the shoes off there. That is, that is the, the ultimate then, G that, move. Yeah, and that's where you find the shoes the next day. When <laughs> right. going they for don't it. move. Yeah, they never move. So is right in front of the chair. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I used to do that savage move where on the way home I would dig into the rotisserie chicken, and by the time I walked into my house, the legs, both legs and both wings. <laughs> were already consumed, right, with the bones either chucked out the window or uh, or thrown in the bag. And then I would come home with just what would be left of the chicken would just be the breasts and the and the thighs because the legs and the, the wings would be eaten in the car because I couldn't wait the 12 minutes to get home. That smell, no. it, it smells infectious, man. What are you supposed to do? Yeah, then I got the greasy hands and everything. But, you know, and, and I'd be driving with like, my index Your finger elbow. and my thumb, <laughs> yeah, from one hand because I want to get my wheel greasy. Because I don't know if you know this about me, but I keep an impeccably clean car. Have I ever talked about that? Uh, I believe you have, but yeah, go 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 off if you'd like. Yeah, clean car. Clean uh, car lands I yeah. keep, I keep, I'm like a psychopath. I keep an impeccably clean car to the point where if you got in it, you'd think I bought it last week. Like I cannot stand a dirty car. I have to wipe the the. The, the gimmicks like twice a week with the white with the gimmick wipes i i can't i have to vacuum it out i have to stop at one of them little things with the, and, and vacuum it out and now you can imagine with the kids how you know they think i'm you know oh i, I can't imagine yeah my, my wife's bad enough about you know she'll throw something out in the car and put it in the door and i'm like no you gotta give, give it to me over here because i'm i can't have this garbage i'm i'm kind i'm not to the extent that you are but i'm pretty close uh, but it, it's a whirlwind when 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 the nurse is in there, so I cannot imagine children and Cheerios and all this shit all over the car. No, I don't allow them to eat. Oh and wow, that, wow, all right. No. See, if I stop and get them food after school, that stays that food stays in the front seat with me. I don't even <sighs> hand okay. it back to them. Like they're just at the point now where I trust them with the drink. You know, they don't get the food. Forget it, because there's gonna be they're kids. There's gonna be crumbs everywhere. So I, you know, I, I'll eat the 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 leg the legs and the wings, but then I don't want to touch my steering wheel, with my greasy fingers. So then I'm driving with like my index finger and my thumb for the rest of the ride home to avoid touching the steering wheel. So yeah, that, that, that was the single life. That's how it was. <laughs> I'd eat that at least three, four times a week, you know? And, uh, and I, and the thing is, I know how to cook, but I still wouldn't have food now. But yeah, it's, if you're a single dude, a single adult, why, who cares? You yeah. know? You care enough yeah, to sit no, there absolutely. over a fucking pan and go, all right, here we go. <laughs> like, okay, no, just eat because you have to. And then you can go watch the game. You know what I mean? Or you eat while you watch the game. So, yeah. It's I just mean, a conduit to, back... yeah, it's just a conduit to watching stuff on TV. You know what I mean? It's just totally. Yeah. Cause it comes in its own little plastic dish, too. So you could just sit on the couch. Like, you, now that I think back outside of the rotisserie chickens, I can't even remember what I used to eat when I was single <laughs> and lived alone. I can't remember. Like, what I'm thinking now, I'm like, what the fuck did I eat? And, like, regular meals at regular times, that was just, that's laughable. Like, I didn't eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, I didn't eat at 9 a.m., noon, and fucking six. I just ate whenever I felt hungry. And, and, and I can't even re- really remember what it is that I was eating. I couldn't even tell you because I know I didn't cook that much. And I know it wasn't always fast food, I'd be 700 pounds. 
I, I really can't remember. Crazy days, man. Probably just hot pockets and uh, I don't know. Yeah, time, I really one, don't know. One time I was talking to you, you were eating a Zaxby's salad, so I think uh, I don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah I've, been to, I've been to the Zaxby's. Yeah, I've been to the Zaxby's. <laughs> Not wrong with that. Yeah. yeah, that keeps you that keeps you healthy. Zaxby's well, salad. Zax, so. Yeah, I got good salads. At well, Zaxby's. you told me that, and then I went to uh, I was in South Carolina, and there was a Zaxby's, and I was like, we gotta stop there. There's great salads there, and they're like, how do you know? <laughs> yeah. There's no Zaxby's anywhere near us. I'm like, I just I don't know. I, I've I've heard I've heard that they have good salads. And they have damn good salads. I can't lie. It's you good you, fast food salad. You did, you did not steer me wrong. I, I told people I'm like we should just stop at Zaxby's. They got good salads, and they're like, all right, fine, and they did. Fantastic. Yeah, so. yeah. There we go. Well, now we're married men, and I <laughs> grocery store fried chicken tonight, and I don't know yeah. what you ate for dinner. You're going to eat a bowl of cereal at, at, at midnight. So, yeah, it's all yeah, it's all turned out really so, good, uh, so, well, what I do now is on Wednesday nights, because I cook, I cook dinner every night. So, on Wednesday nights... I will cook something that's guaranteed to have leftovers because I can't cook on Thursday nights and this way everybody's fed. You see? Right, right. So so last night I made spaghetti and meatballs, you know, with the sauce. I, I saw them on our Discord. Like, looked like pr- pretty good meatballs. Yeah, looked I put like a picture pretty up. Pretty good meatballs, not going to lie. Yeah, so I started, you know, I like to start nice and early because, you know, you want to cook that low and slow. The longer those flavors fuck, the better it tastes. So I like to start early in the morning, just like I do when I make the Sunday gravy. And then that's the dinner. But now that's what they're eating for dinner tonight while I'm in here doing the show because there's plenty left over. Now, the mystery is when I'm done, is there going to be any left? Uh, yeah, okay. That's, well, yeah. that's the will, mystery. Will you be able to eat anything afterwards? We'll see. We'll or will out. I be heading to the grocery store for a cold rotisserie chicken? <laughs> just a sad, one sad cold rotisserie chicken, yeah. Yeah, the one that's been sitting because they take them off the heat. And then <laughs> right. they... It's just so sad. They're like, ah, <laughs> right. you'll heat it up on your own, I'm sure. Or you won't. Oh, You're not going up. to. You're just going to eat. Yeah. Oh, the shrivel. Oh, the rotisserie chicken shrivel is so sad. Where the skin kind of. It, <laughs> yeah, it's so it, sad. It, it, it contracts and then like the skin is shriveled up and the meat is all dried out and. You're just you're like oh, I don't want to cook. It's the only thing in this store, and you just you're like fine, and you buy it anyway. Oh, so sad. And then it's awful, and you're like I just should have stopped at fucking uh, Whataburger or something because this is just this is atrocious. Yeah, but that's that'll be my fate if they finish the meatballs tonight. Let's see. Those are good. They're good looking meatballs. I could I could see them going quick. So we'll see how the. Uh... Looked Plugged like a lot of them. Looked like a lot of them. So I think you're I make safe, a lot. But... I make a lot. Yeah, because it's for two days, so I make a lot. You know, so. Um, you could plug the Discord if they absolutely voice the rs.com slash Discord. Go. Great, great conversation. Go, going go on look there. at the meatballs. Yeah, go look, go look at the meatballs. Yeah, voicesrestling.com slash Discord. If you you could see the garlic and the uh, oh, you have meatballs. yeah, and that's that was yeah. that was something I saw. I, was, I zoomed in. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, all right. Now, I don't right. fuck around. No, you know, you, they're excellent. All right, so now we'll talk about some professional wrestling at this point. So, you know, last uh, week we went forty-eight minutes on the off-topic. <laughs> we did. And people were mad. There were some people that were mad, I noticed, on uh-huh. the YouTube comments and and everything. Today, we only went, what, like 20 minutes or something? So No, they'll still be mad. I'm almost tempted to, just, to go 25 more minutes just to annoy them again. <laughs> just go one minute longer. But, and that's how we build up to our eventual three-hour banter show is we go one minute yeah. longer in our to make those people mad, those three people – because most, like, 95% of the people did not care and enjoyed it. But there are three people who had to let us know they didn't like it. So now we're going to do a show to spite them. And every single week, we'll go a minute longer with our banter until it literally just takes up the entire show. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I think it's great. 
Yeah. Well, that show's coming. You never know when it's coming. <laughs> it's, it's coming. You'll see. We'll we'll send you a run sheet. Like you'll think you're getting, you know, roadblock end of the line, destruction in Bipu, um, you know, whatever the fuck. But it's gonna be the all banter show. It's just gonna sneak up on you and hit you. Is what's gonna happen. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I think the best way to do it, too, is, like, you and I plan that we're going to talk about stuff. Like, we're I'm ready. Like, I've watched all this shit all week or whatever. And then it's just going to happen. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's – and that's – Well, look, be... they got Lord Gideon Gray talk at the beginning. Yeah. I mean right, – exactly. Yeah, right. That's wrestling. We we opened with, of course, the topic that everyone figured we would <laughs> Lord with. Gideon Gray fantasy booking. Yeah. <laughs> Lord Gideon Gray's one loss record in New Japan is what we opened with because why not? Um. <clears throat> You know, last week I took a listen to all of the Ringer Wrestling oh, podcasts. Why? Why? Who told you to do that? And who I told you to do them? that? Joe, well, who and told I re- you to do I, that? <laughs> no one told me. <laughs> okay. I, I recapped them for the for the Discord. Yes. Um, so I listened to the Masked Man show, and I listened to Cheap Heat, hosted by Dopey Pete. <laughs> and I listened so many. <laughs> And I listened to Mac Mania. Mac Mania. So, okay. So, the th- are those the three or are there more than three? Those are the three. And then um, the Masked Man also has his, uh, he does a series recapping the history of the Attitude Era. Oh, God. Uh, Thank God. Finally, a, finally, somebody could shine a spotlight. Someone breaking it down era. for once. Yeah. Finally, yes. I could hear about the time when Stone Cold Steve Austin drove a beer truck. Into the arena, Joe. Get this. Into the arena and then sprayed Vince McMahon and The Rock and Shane McMahon and I forget who else with beer. Finally, we were going to talk about the stuff that matters, the stuff that nobody covers. Thank God. Don't be Pete. <laughs> so what the hell? No, where's no, he at right man, now? Where, no, where's Pete at? Or did no, you know? Hold on now. Hold on now. Not Dopey Pete. This is Masked Man who does this. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Masked Man does this. Do you I... expect Dopey Pete to know anything about the Attitude Era? <laughs> well, I thought that would be his he... I thought that would be his 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 thing is like, all right, watching this for the first time. Like Which that guy doesn't know anything. <laughs> he doesn't know anything. He knows nothing. His yeah. So Okay, the so the Masked Man, at... what where's he at, by the way, in this uh, Attitude Era retrospective podcast? Uh that listen. You know, that's a bridge too far for you. That's a bridge too far. That I can't do. Okay. <laughs> Reviewing I, the, I can't do. the February 8th, 1998 episode of Nitro. Yeah. So all of these are listed under the Ringer Wrestling Show, but it's all these different shows listed under. Oh, what a like gimmick they, that is. They all combine right. them all to one feed. So you have the Masked Man, you have Cheap Heat with Dopey Pete, you have Mac Mania, and then um, I'm looking for that series. You know what? He may have. Um, then they have something that's just called the Ringer Wrestling Show, which is usually like post-show reviews or interviews. Like they have a carry-on cross interview here, Extreme Rules post-show. Uh, I don't know. That series he was doing, he must have uh, quit it halfway oh, around. Man. I can't find it. But anyway, those are the three primary shows. The point I'm making is um, we mocked ourselves for opening up with Lord Gideon Gray's New Japan One Loss Record. I listened to all three of these shows from last week, and I shit you not. Um, they, they all do about an hour, maybe 90 minutes. So they get to like three or four topics each on all three of these shows. One of the topics, meaning one of the biggest topics of the week. Okay. Cause they do one show a week. They hit the big topics. Like they were talking about the MJF apparent baby face turn on the mass man show. They, you know, so it's all big. What one of the 
topics on all three shows, which means they thought was the Nikki Cross return oh, to WWE. All, I got to listen to all three shows break down. So like seven Nikki, different people break down the Nikki Cross return. I got Stat Guy Greg's take. I got Dopey Pete's take. Cruise I got the Mask Man's take. <laughs> What's the other guy? Is it Cruise Control? I got some guy named Cruise Control. Um, I got all of the takes on Ugh. the big Nikki Cross return. And look, it just goes to show and it exemplifies the differences in audiences that consume these different podcasts. I don't know how, how many hours would our show have had to have been last week before Nikki Cross Returns was a topic on our <laughs> Until we got to that, yeah. I, yeah, how many hours? Oh, man, it, at least nine, right? I was thinking more. like 12 or 15 hours. Yeah, because we'd have to we would have we would have went on like wild tangents. We would just start naming 90s NBA players at a certain point. We would just start talking about territory wrestling. We might just review an episode of like world class, you know, from 1982 or yeah, it would it would take a long. I I think I could say confidently I don't think it would ever come up. Do you right? want to know what Dopey Pete did on here's the Dopey Pete topics, you ready? No, uh, not, but go ahead. What Logan Paul's future looks like beyond this weekend's crown jewel matchup with Roman Reigns. Okay. Uh, Dip's thoughts. That's okay. Dip's thoughts. Well, There's some guy named Dip. Okay. Dip's thoughts on Omos and Braun Strowman, (laughs) which sets off a Donnybrook match between the guys. Yeah, they debated debated the Omos-Braun Strowman Uh storyline. Dip and Dopey P did didn't don't like it and they think it's a waste of time and there's not enough story stat guy greg what took the other side he is excited for that match and says look you don't need a story when two big giants are going at it so I kinda, that was yeah i'm kind of with him i'm kind of with him on that so thank i'm you. with stat guy greg yes yeah, yeah. right it's almost a fucking braun Strowman. i don't need a i don't need a, a video package or a, a bunch of in-ring promos to get me hyped up or a car angle for almost a braun Strowman. Stack Guy Greg was like, look, I got two giants going at it. Yeah, I'm with him. I mean, I don't want to watch it. I, I, he probably wants to watch it more than I do. He wants but, to watch it, but he, his point but I was, get it. I get it. I just want to see the action is were his exact words. And I respect that. Like, yeah. it might not be a match I want to see, but he wants to. And Dopey Pete said, you sound like a Young Bucks fan. <laughs> and said that uh, um, you, you, it's about stories, not the action, Stack okay. Guy Greg. Right. So there's not enough story. Anyway, that was topic number two. Then they did um, why we need to care about what's happening between Brock and Bobby Lashley. Again, their contention is not enough story, Rich. Mm-hmm. They're just not telling enough story here. Um, Sola Sokoa's superstar potential. And then the final topic of the night was the return of Nikki Cross. Then they did... Hollywood, uh, Halloween Havoc thoughts, and uh, it turned out that Dopey Pete didn't watch the show, so he didn't have any <laughs> Well, why would he? Come so on. That was, uh, uh, that was the topics, just as an example. He only watches one company he doesn't have time to watch any answers. Oh, he doesn't, he, he doesn't watch NXT. Yeah. Uh, Dip, he asked Dip how many of the wrestlers on the show he would recognize, and, and Dip surmised that he might know of uh, Mandy Rose, and uh, Braun Breaker because uh, Pete met Braun Breaker at a party once. Okay. So he might know who he is. And uh, yeah, so he doesn't even watch NXT. Um, I-, I listened to their post Forbidden Door show and Pete only watched uh, two of the matches on the show. <laughs> for their post show. 
I like it. That's so, good. So, That's good. So, I, lo- I would love to do an instant reaction live with you know me and you. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch any of it. I'll, yeah, I'll and then yeah, one talk, of the other talk for an hour. I'll talk about the main event. So yeah, like Dip or whatever was like, well, we're doing a poll. He's like, ah, well, I had things to do, so I watched two matches. So <laughs> don't do the show. <laughs> he does a podcast, a weekly podcast on pro wrestling, and he doesn't watch. Like, That's a good gimmick. I, I we need to do that because I want too think much I'm, goddamn you, you, wrestling for this stupid show. Exactly. You think I'm gonna knock him? No, that's a great hustle, and I wish I had it. I was watching Noah all day, like a <laughs> right. jerk. Exactly. This guy just shows up to his show and is like, "Ah, eh, I didn't watch. Let's hear some takes." You know, he's smarter than all of us. So, um, anyway, what was my point here? Oh, my point here was, you know. Our run sheet looks drastically different than you know the run sheet over at the Ringer. That's all. They're not they're not breaking down Gideon Gray's one loss. Record. No, they are not starting with Gideon Gray. Um, and yeah. they yeah, no, not not at all. <laughs> and they t- and, and they talk a lot about stories. I mean, they just they these guys love stories. <laughs> I, I have a feeling their parents never tucked them in and read them stories or something because they are just fixated on we want more stories, not enough stories. Where's the story? Well, every topic boils down to. Somebody not telling a good enough story or um, wanting more stories. I, I you know, so um, I guess you can blame the grifters for pounding that into everyone's head, right? Like yeah, that's yeah, a, that's like a Bischoff thing or Bischoff whatever. thing, yeah, and yeah. That, yeah, and and they've all, they've all, yeah, they, they all, you know, yeah. preach that uh, you know, wrestling's nothing without the stories, or you know, and, and, yeah, okay, right? Yeah, well. I'm sure uh, I, on the ringer they're not going to talk about uh, Nikolai Anton Bell uh, wrestling. Uh, the natural classics uh, in New Zealand in a couple weeks, but we are going to do that on that show because we are going to cover a lot of stuff here. We're going to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling's Battle Autumn show coming up this weekend. Uh, we also have a full card for the first uh, New Japan, the new uh, offshoot uh, uh, brand, I guess you could call it, of, of New Japan. They're running in New Zealand uh, November 11th. We have the whole card, and yes, the wheelman Tony Kazina is on it, so we will talk uh, about that. We'll break down the Battle Autumn card. And also the New Japan World TV title tournament. The first round was exciting and fun and interesting and had a match that I absolutely adored and absolutely loved. And then you wrote about it on flagshippatreon.com and you said you loved it and it was great. And then we watched the quarterfinals. Or I, I, I know I watched the quarterfinals. I think you did as well. And, uh, well... All good things must come to an end, but I'll talk about the quarterfinals of the New Japan uh, World TV title tournament because there are uh, matches going on at at Battle Autumn to determine that. We're going to talk about the latest in pro wrestling, Noah, and boy, do we have some shenanigans afoot uh, in pro wrestling, Noah, as usual. We promised a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago that we were just going to stop talking about Noah, but... We can't. There's too many things to talk about, too many things to break down. So we have we have something, we have a few things that I do want to highlight about the recent Noah show uh, that we had. Fight Plus. Fight is ramping up their Fight Plus offering. We're going to talk about that. Added GCW to the mix, added a few other promotions to the mix. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the business behind that, what we think the reasons for uh, these companies moving over, or how this is going to work for Fight, all that other stuff we'll get to. Uh, WWE Q3 earnings call happened uh, yesterday, right? Yesterday, earlier today, yesterday, I believe. Um, Surprise, surprise, somebody made money again, and then, uh, completely unrelated to that, uh, they are going to be in Saudi Arabia for a show this weekend, WWE Crown Jewel, so we'll talk about uh, that show, uh, and then, oh, actually, we'll start off with this, two AEW topics we absolutely, absolutely have to start off with, the first being, Joe, I'm going to read this to you, and this is a thing that is happening on Friday, we're recording this on Thursday, tomorrow, this sentence will be true, Katsuyori Shibata will be facing Orange Cassidy for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship on Rampage with Mike Tyson on commentary. 
All true. Yeah, that's that's all true. That's it's real. a Mad Libs. <laughs> from, um, if you made a wrestling Mad Libs, that'd be a pretty good one. Yes. But somehow, someway, Katsuyori Shibata will be facing Orange Cassidy this Friday on AEW Rampage for the AEW All-Atlantic title. And Iron Mike Tyson will be providing commentary for said match. Alongside I, Jim Ross. <laughs> yeah. When, <laughs> when I heard his music hit, it, it was so... I, I didn't even make the connection until he came on the screen because it, my brain wouldn't make the connection that it could possibly be him coming out. And I heard the music and I'm like, I think I know that music. And then it played for four or five seconds and then they showed him on the stage. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like my brain wouldn't even accept that he was coming out to uh, uh, clean, clean house here and then, and then challenge Arnold Cassie. So yeah, my reaction was just um, like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. What? This is <laughs> what? weird. Like what? Is yeah, so Meltzer on his audio on uh, I guess Thursday morning you want to call because they do it at like three in the morning. Um, he says that Shibata asked for two matches from Tony Khan. He asked for Orange Cassidy, and he asked for Brian Danielson. Um, so that kind of leads me to believe a lot of people are saying like this is weird to bring in Shibata to just lose to orange Cassidy on rampage. But the fact that he wants to wrestle orange Cassidy and Brian Danielson, I'm not so sure he's losing. Like, I think he's beating orange Cassidy for that title and then probably losing it to Brian Danielson, either at full gear or wrestle kingdom. If they, if, if this is a deal that they made with new Japan, then maybe the, the deal was, uh, okay. Shibata wants to wrestle, two of our guys here. And then they worked out this plan where, you know, he works a rampage and then new Japan gets, because we know new Japan wanted a lot of big AEW stars for the G one and, and AEW couldn't afford to give them up because of their injury scenario. So we, I'm sure they want some AEW stars for wrestle kingdom. So maybe that's the deal. Maybe they'll do Shibata versus Brian Danielson for the all Atlantic title. At Wrestle Kingdom, or maybe they'll do it at Full Gear, or maybe they'll do it on TV at some point. My point here is, I think there's a good chance Shibata wins. Everyone else seems to think that he's going to lose. What do you? Yeah, think? I, I think he's. I don't know. I, I I've I've kind of hemmed it hard on this all day. Uh, initially, when I saw that they were signing the match, I was like, ah, you know what? A good little one-off. Shibata's in America. He had availability. He was around. AEW said, hey, we got something for you. You can go in and have a comedy match with Orange Cassidy. You don't have to take that many bumps. You don't have to do that much stuff. You can do the, the, the thing where you're kicking the shins. You can chop each other a little bit. He can do some basic stuff. Like, stuff, like provided, like, let's say he's not clear. Like, he, he, New Japan hasn't fully cleared him. And, and I mean, go back and look. I mean, the last time he wrestled, quote-unquote, was that thing with Ren Narita at, at, at Wrestle Kingdom. And, you know, we all heard, you know, later that he kind of went into business for himself and just decided, fuck this. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to wrestle a, a, a match in New Japan. I didn't seem particularly happy that well, he decided we, we, to make that. We, yeah, we, we debunked that. We debunked that. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, you we know what I'm saying? That. That's like what the, the narrative is or whatever that New Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. But with that said, like, he hasn't been back. You know what I mean? Like, they haven't put they him They haven't there. booked him for another match, and it's clear he wants to wrestle. Right. Yeah. So that that's where, like, okay. So first off, I started with a little bit of, like, all right, well, is he fully healthy and New Japan is just being super, super careful? The classic thing, and, and WWE did this a lot over, over the recent years, too, where it's like, you know, yeah, you might be good to go, but, like, we don't want you on our books. Like, Kurt Angle was a, a great example of, of, yeah. of that many, many years ago, where Kurt probably could have still stayed in WWE. They just didn't want that guy to die on their watch, and that's kind of what they thought he was. And that, if you go back to, you know, 2007, Kurt Angle, like, it, 
we all kind of thought, man, we're on this path, aren't we, with this guy? Like, he, he does not look good. He doesn't look healthy. He won't stop just taking damage and taking a beating. And WWE essentially just said, you know what? Get Just go. If, if, if you want to die on TNA's watch, go. To, but you're not on our watch. Not after what we just had with Eddie. Too. Not Pills. what we had with Benoit. Not with what we had. Like, we're just, we're ready to just get away. And that happened a bunch of times with a bunch of guys. You could go to Brian Danielson and Edge and all these sort of guys. At, essentially, they just didn't want to, you know, clear these guys for one reason or another. Even if they were potentially clear or whatever, they just kind of said, ah, you know what? Not on our books. Just kind of go, you know, do 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 whatever you're going to do. And then, you know, obviously a wrestling war changes all things. And most of those people that were not able to be cleared were suddenly, ah, whatever. Yeah, you're cleared. You're good to go. Um, so I don't know if that's just New Japan doing that for Shibata and just saying, you know what? Just we don't want to, you know, just in case we don't want to really, you know, have anything happen. Or if there's truly some other reason why they haven't cleared him or he's not fully healthy, but that doesn't make sense of why this guy wants to wrestle. And then the first chance, you know, he has to wrestle in AEW, you know, he takes it. And, and presumably now he does want to do the match with Danison too. And that, when I, when I saw that report, I was like, okay, well now I'm kind of changing. Cause initially, okay, you're going to go in there and have a little comedy match with orange Cassidy. Cause you're available on a Friday. Cool. Whatever. If he's doing a match with Danielson, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you. I, I think that there's a chance. I still, I still think he loses, but I do think it's there's a remote possibility that he wins this. I I, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm more dubious that he wins the title than 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 that he does. Well, if he's doing these, if he's doing both matches, it makes no sense to lose the first one. Did, so did Dave say right. he's definitely doing the Danielson match? Or no, is the match no, 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 no. He wants he to he, do. He, he wants. No, to do that. yeah, yeah. Let me be clear. Meltzer said he asked for two matches, and those are the two matches he asked for. Okay. I'm just assuming. Why wouldn't you give them both? Right. I if mean, you're if here I'm Tony Khan, you're healthy. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's go. Then if 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 you're if you're cleared or our doctors clear you or you're cleared to wrestle, here's the other thing too. With the way that with Shibata's style, you can get around him taking bumps and still working a match, because you you go back and watch the Ren Narita match. It's not like Ren Narita was giving him backdrop drivers. You know what I mean? It's like right, it was, he wasn't taking sh- Frankenstein's or whatever. He's just, yeah, you know. I mean they were striking, and you know they weren't doing Death Valley drivers and fucking brainbusters. They were, you know, it was a Shibata match where they just beat each other up. You know, um, so you can kind of get around that. But if he's cleared on any level, then yeah, why wouldn't you book him as as many times as you possibly could? If he wants those two matches, I give him both matches. And if he's doing both matches, I, it doesn't make any sense to lose the first one. And this All-Atlantic title already kind of has the gimmick of defended anytime, anywhere, in any place. You know, that that was kind of the, uh, you know, when, when Pac had it, he was defending it in European Indies. And and now that Orange Cassidy has it, his gimmick is people challenge him. And then he just, and then he just shrugs his shoulders and says, I don't care. And then he wrestles all these three ways and everything where he's at a disadvantage. So it's kind of like this title. That's a wild card. It could be defended anywhere in any kind of match. And it would make sense for Shibata to win it with the idea of, you know, maybe he takes it to Japan or, 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 or whatever. Um, so I don't think it's out of the question that Shibata wins it. And then they have Brian Danielson take it off of him at some point. But that's yeah, just me yeah. speculating. He could just show up on Friday and lose. I don't know. But I right, just think right, that, right. that energy to me would be weird. 
Like I, I, I feel like he's gonna win. Like yeah, I, there's, there's something more to do here, and and that that would be like you bring this guy in, and he's he's you know to some people he's who the hell is this guy, but to people that know who he is, and that's the people you have to care about. You know, that's what I care about. That's <laughs> I care about on this show, and I think Tony gets it as well. You know, with you know the reaction at Forbidden Door and the kind of building up to this. This isn't just out of nowhere either. Like go back to the Forbidden Door. Like he he you know he he stared out stared down Orange Cassidy. Now he has the opportunity to face him for the title. Yeah, he saved him. He saved him from the United Empire and ran off Will Ospreay, and then they had like a yeah they they had their thing in the ring. Him right. and Orange. So for Stack so, Guy Greg, there's a story for you. But um, right, but. The other thing too, like you, you bring up a very good point about the title is weird if it's on someone like an Orange Cassidy. The idea of this title is that it's supposed to be able to be defended elsewhere, or be defended all over the place. Get you know, go here, go here, go and like. And when it was on Pac, it was like, all right, cool, that makes sense. Like sometimes Pac's going to be in the UK or whatever. You could, and then it goes to Orange Cassidy, and that's a guy who you know probably largely is just going to be American based, and and you don't foresee him going you know a bunch of different places to defend this title. So someone like a Shibata, it does make a little bit more sense, especially if you want to have it build to something at Wrestle Kingdom or build to something at at, at one of these shows. Um, you know, you can have an AEW talent go over to Japan and, and, and do that. I mean, that would be the cooler thing. Like, I, l- let's let me be clear. Like, I would love if Shibata won this title. I think it'd be a really really cool thing if he won that title. I just I don't know. It to me, it's just kind of I, I just I don't know what to approach Shibata like these days. Just because of we had the Narita match and then he's just been on ice since ever since then. So it was like, all right, well, well, what? to me, it's very clear that New Japan isn't interested in booking him for whatever reason. And the only and the only reason that makes sense is they don't believe he's healthy enough. Right. And I think it's your theory of maybe he is cleared, but New Japan's like, you know what? Fuck that. The blood isn't going to be on. Not our worth hands. the risk. Yeah, not worth the risk. So maybe we'll put him on Wrestle Kingdom once a year. Maybe we'll let him do grappling exhibitions. Maybe. You know, but we're not going to put this. We're not going to let this guy wrestle even a part-time schedule because we just don't want anything to do with this because we dodged the bullet the first time. Whereas Tony Khan is like, "Is he cleared? Yeah, okay, yeah. get him in Shibata, there. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah he's right. cleared. Let's go. You know, <laughs> right? And 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 you know, it's it's the same thing. Like with Soraya, like she wasn't cleared by WWE, but it's very obvious that's the direction this thing is going with her in AEW. So, um, you know, it it and. You, you mentioned Kurt Angle with the pill issue and, and his body falling apart and they just didn't want the blood on their hands. They went through the same thing with, with Daniel Bryan where he had all these independent doctors clearing him, but the WWE doctors wouldn't clear him. Right. So, you, you you know, so and it was very frustrating for him because he wanted to wrestle and eventually they did end up clearing him. But so you see these different scenarios all the time. This is this is why people get second opinions. You know, doctors, it's not an exact science. It's. Everyone has different. So, you know, maybe he is clear to AEW's satisfaction or, you know, it's entirely possible too that they cut some kind of deal with New Japan and maybe they do do – he does win the title and bring it to Japan or maybe there's just a – I don't know. Or maybe he just loses. I do know this. He's going to be in Atlantic City on Friday. Mike Tyson's going to be in Atlantic City on Friday. And Atlantic City ticket sales were dreadful. And I talked about this behind the paywall, and I'll talk about it here now. Um, a friend of mine in New Jersey, a friend who you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, one, of his, one of his many hustles is that – Of um, course. Of course. Is that he's a seat filler for oh. events. So he he is in the <laughs> seat guy, filler is, community. He's like a professional – does he have a nine-to-five or is he just professional? No, nah, he just has a series of hustles. God so, damn it. I, I'm kind of jealous. It's kind of an awesome life, but – I come from a very seedy underworld of New Jersey. Okay, <laughs> just a so I love it. 
it's uh, you know, I, I'm the one with my shit together. Yeah, that my, is the scary thought. So, yeah. so they, he, one of his side hustles, I can't even call it side. One of his life hustles is <laughs> one of his life balancing hustles is a professional seat filler. So he's in the seat filler community, and he go. How he does one? Seat- how does one? Not to not to pull the curtain back in the seat filler community, but how do you become like? A, do you just sign up? Like, is, is there just an obvious place to sign up? That there are there are message boards and websites where these places put out the call for seat fillers. Some okay. of them are a lot of the a lot of it is paid. Um, I used to you do know, taste and, testing in my uh, high school and college days. So I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, some of it's free because they're like, well, you're going to get to see this thing. Some of it's paid. Some of it is you have to pay a couple bucks. Like all of the local sports teams. The the uh, the nets the the uh, a lot of the local... lot. that's are going to need a lot of seat fillers over the next couple yeah. of years. <laughs> He's yes. going to get a lot of calls to go to Brooklyn. But a lot of the teams up there have it, but you have to pay this nominal fee. You have to pay a twelve dollar fee, and you don't know where your seat's going to be, but they oh. will give you a ticket. <sighs> but you avoid buying a ticket. You avoid paying all the fees. You just pay twelve dollars, and but like Broadway shows have seat fill. Anyway, he's a he's a semi professional seat filler, and. What came across all of the local seat filling sites uh, in the last week was the Rampage show from Atlantic City next week. So that should tell you how the ticket sales are going, where they're bringing in seat fillers to uh, to uh, to fluff things up for television. And I, you know, I don't know how long they've had Mike Tyson or uh, Shibata booked. I don't know if those are last minute deals just to push a few more tickets or bumped the rating up a little after they did that, you know, that putrid 378,000 viewers last week. Um, but yeah. So, but here's another thing I, I, you know, everyone talks about how bad the rampage lineups are and, you know, I can't necessarily disagree. And then they announced Shibata for rampage. And now I see people saying, Oh, why would you waste Shibata on rampage? Okay. Well, you cannot have it both ways. Either you want the rampage lineups to be more interesting and you want things that are good on rampage or you don't like you can't rip AEW because you don't like the rampage lineups and then also rip AEW because you re- would rather see shibata on dynamite you know what i mean like you have to you can't make both of those arguments so if you're anyone out there who's making both of those arguments like you're you, that, that doesn't add up to me that doesn't make any sense um so uh you know we'll see how it does uh, you know, I don't get the sense that Shibata is going to sell thousands of tickets in America. Uh, he might push a few more. Same with Tyson. Um, and we'll see what it does for the uh, for the rating. But, uh, yeah, I guess we're getting Shibata versus Orange Cassidy in front of a bunch of seat fillers in Atlantic City. <laughs> a bunch of seat fillers uh, in Atlantic City, yeah. It's, or- it's Katsuri Shibata, New Japan you know, wrestler Katsuri Shibata versus Orange Cassidy for the All-Atlantic title in Atlantic City with Mike Tyson. The Atlantic City part is just great. It's just the perfect setting for Shibata versus Cassidy with Mike Tyson on commentary is, is in Atlantic City. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I'm watching it. I haven't watched Rampage in weeks, but fuck, you gotta, you gotta come on. It's Orange Cassidy and Shibata. It's Shibata. You gotta watch that. So uh, they, they did get, yeah, I, I would be curious what the tickets, uh, what, what ends up happening. I, I'm sure WrestleTix or somebody like that will have the update. Uh, as we get closer to day of, but yeah, I, I can imagine a lot of people, a good amount of people, probably scramble to try to find you know tickets for that show. So we'll see. Well, you can get in the building for twenty bucks, and ringside right now is sixty five dollars. Mm. So if you're in New Jersey or Philly or Delaware or Maryland or uh, you know anywhere in that area, and you want to go see Shibata, 
um, you can get on the floor for 65 bucks. You can get in the building for 20 bucks, or you can uh, infiltrate the seat filling community and possibly <laughs> and pay $5 maybe. To- yeah. I don't know where you're going to sit, but you know, um, yeah, so I think this is a good step in the direction of of making Rampage matter. You know, you know that that's you know something you and I haven't. I don't cannot imagine the last time you and I talked about Rampage, but I mean it really. I mean the ratings have have just plummeted on it. Uh, it's still doing good for its time slot, and still doing good for the demo, and it's still doing. But like, I don't th- having it be a live event too has kind of exacerbated like this. Like, man, like what. It's got to be a. It's got to have a little bit more juice to it. It's got to have a little well, bit more meat on the bone to it. If if you're going to be selling these tickets, putting yeah. it on television every single week, like it's it's, you know, the TV is is whatever. It, it's it, it's fine, but like to to sell tickets to it, because people know that it's not an important show to go to, and and we saw that in Chicago with the All Out Weekend, where you know they they were able to sell Dynamite tickets, no problem. They were able to sell All Out tickets, no problem. But then they had that triple package where it was like, ah, you can get Rampage too, and nobody wanted it because nobody wanted to go to Rampage because they knew, A, I don't want to go to Rampage, or B, I'm not going to be able to sell this Rampage ticket. And I knew several people that just ate their Rampage tickets. They didn't even go. They had it, tried to sell it. Nobody wanted it. It was a dollar. Nobody wanted it, and they just ate it. They said, well, I'm not going there again on Friday or whatever because it's not going to be worth it. So it, they, they've entered a weird period with Rampage that, that they do need to uh, kind of correct in some ways, and I think this is a good step. Well, I think when they booked all of the live rampages for the fall, it was anticipation that they would have CM Punk and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Adam Cole and Andrade and Miro and Malachi Black and the whole gang available in addition to all of the people that they currently – in addition to John Moxley and Brian Danielson and Hangman Page and all the people who – and Britt Baker and, and Jade Cargill and all the, all the draws that are currently there. I think that was the plan. But then brawl out happened and you lost four of those people. Then Miro, you know, injures his knee every other week. And then Malachi Black decides he needs to recalibrate, whatever the fuck that means. And then Adam Cole never comes back from his concussion. And I thought, I think that Tony Khan thought he was going to have this. Kyle O'Reilly gone. Kyle O'Reilly, another one. He's out for a year. I think Tony thought he was going to have this loaded all-time roster for the fall after all of the turmoil and injuries of the summer, and it was going to be like, okay, now I have the roster that I've built and constructed. Oops, that didn't happen right, for a variety right, right. of reasons. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, and then what you have is, because if you have all of those people I just named, in addition to all of the people you see on Dynamite every week, and you know MJF is back from his thing, and he thought he was going to have everybody back, okay? And... And Samoa Joe, he was off filming, you know, the fucking sweet tooth gimmick. And, you know, he so you could go down the line. I'm forgetting half the people who weren't around in the summer, right? So he thought he was going to have everybody. He doesn't. What he has now is he, he doesn't have enough people to split the crew. I thought his plan was – I figured his plan was going to be we'll use half of these people on Dynamite every week and we're going to load up Rampage every week as well. And we're going to take it on the road and we're going to sell tickets because they're going to get Kenny Omega and CM Punk and the Young Bucks and MJF and and all of these people on Rampage. And it's truly going to be a second A show. We're going to sell tickets. We're going to improve the ratings. Then Then what happens, happens. And they can't afford to split the draws now, and they have to put every, they have to put MJF and Hangman and Mox and Danielson and Britt Baker and Jade Carkill, and they have to put all these people on Dynamite every week to to keep Dynamite rolling. And th- then Rampage never got the lift that he thought he was going to be able to give it in the fall. Even though Moxley has worked Rampage two weeks in a row, it's against like Matt Menard, or it's against it it 
and, and this, you know, with Mike Tyson and Shibata, there's there's efforts, but it isn't, I think, what the intended plan was. The plan was to have all of these people available and to truly load up the rampages. And for a variety of reasons, they just weren't able to do that. Right. And now, you know, we're right back where we started. Where And now it's going to be even harder to rebuild Rampage because now it has reputations or what are hard yeah, to kick. Yeah, it's gotten sullied. And, and, and I'm doing the it's, – it's a long time coming, and I'm, and I'm eventually going to release it. But I, I did a long kind of study looking at, you know, WCW Thunder and, and how it kind of went under a similar thing uh, as well and how the path of WCW Thunder and the path of Rampage are, are very, very similar in a lot of ways. And like you said, you know, when Thunder was initially, you know, constructed, it was very much like you're saying with Rampage. It was like, we have this absolutely loaded-ass roster. We just signed Bret Hart. We're good to go. Turner was going to, you know, they, they're they all in on it. They want it, and, 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 and they want more programming from us. So, cool, we're going to do it. And very quickly, it was like, oh, shit, we don't have the roster we thought we had. Bret Hart isn't who we thought he was. And it just kind of became, you know... A B and a C show right away, and 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 Tony was very adamant that this is that Rampage is not a B show, and it not it's not going to be a B show, it's not a B show, it's not a B show, and unfortunately, it kind of has become one, and now that's the problem is how do you how do you tell the audience? Okay, sorry, it's no longer a B show. We promise things matter on Rampage again. You know, at the beginning when they were doing point twos and above, and they were even touching like point two fours, two point two fives. If you remember in the very beginning, Rampage was the Punk show. Punk didn't debut on Dynamite for like a month. Like he was on Rampage every week. He debuted on Rampage. He would do promos on Rampage. I think he wrestled a couple times yeah. on Rampage. Mm-hmm. You know, and and there was, uh, you know, it really did feel like another A show, and it was doing numbers even beyond the date. First, was they, they had the debut, then the Punk Rampage. I think it was the second week, and then obviously, when any new show, you wait for it to level off after a month. But even when they leveled off, they were doing the idea of Rampage doing a point two now is preposterous. Like you, you, they just did a point one two, you know what I mean? But they were doing that pretty routinely. They were in that neighborhood, you know, uh, and, and even above. And I remember having a conversation with Tony Khan where I was like, you know, we talked about it, and I was like, I think you could do point two fives in this time slot with big shows, and and they did. Like at, at, at times, they sniffed point two five, which is, again, you you think of that now, and that's preposterous to even consider the show doing that now, because and it's harder now because now they have to go above and beyond if they want to repair it because it has the reputation. There's some weeks where I don't even think the rampage lineup is that bad, and people just fucking destroy it like it's the most unworthy. I, you know, I, I will never, yeah, that's a horrible lineup. This is insulting. I'll never, and I'm like, there's like two title matches and a, and a pro like, it's not that bad, but the reputation is such, and, and some weeks it is bad. Some weeks the lineup isn't good. Okay. They, they have to put legitimate top of the card draws on that show. They have to put legitimate world title matches on that show. They're going to have to do it. I know you don't want to sacrifice them off of dynamite. But I think they're going to have to do it. Yeah, I agree. And, and I you're, think- you might have to eat shit one week too. You might have a world title match on an episode of Rampage that doesn't do a great rating, and everyone's yeah. going to go nuts about it and freak out and, and and eat shit. But you do need to do that to build up the that again. Yes, things on this show do matter, and you should yep. try to watch yep. it if you have an opportunity to. Absolutely, that's how you rebuild it. What you really need to do, you got to put MJF on it for like a month straight. Put him on Rampage instead of Dynamite. But that's such a hard pill to swallow and such yeah, a hard it's tough. To do. But it would work to rebuild the image of the show. And if they're truly interested in doing that, I think that, and they have to cut the fat. You have to not do 
Tay Conti versus Madison Rain. And, <laughs> right, and, just, just no Madison Rain is probably a good idea. And but. listen, if that means there's no women's match on a given week, deal with some nasty tweets and just ignore it. Just because that's part of the problem too. People see, see this shit, and and they don't they don't want to watch that. So even if they do turn it on, they're turning it off, and then they're finding a basketball game and they're not coming back. We see the quarter hours. Okay, cut the fat, load it up, put the stars, and I think that was the plan until all of the shit hit the right, fan, right, right. and they didn't have enough stars to do. The plan so. was we had an embarrassment of riches. We had ten legit stars, and then like in. Four months later, you had, you know, five of them. And then a couple months later, you had two of them left or whatever. So it just, yeah, it, it got real, real. Uh, so I, I, I get it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I wonder, too, like you mentioned that, you, you know, you take some stuff away from Dynamite and give it to Rampage. Do you want, do you wait for a TV deal before you do that? Because you don't want to affect Rampage or, or Dynamite all that much. Or is it important to show that Rampage is is, is worthy when you're I mean, shopping this that's... TV deal and say, hey, well, yeah, we have this show and we have this show. Because right now you have one show that you can really – and, yeah, Rampage, like we said, delivers good numbers in its time slot or whatever. But you're probably not bringing that up in a, in, in a deck, you know, that you, a, a pitch deck. Not for a while. You're probably a couple pages down the deck, say. But whereas if it was doing good or like it was at the beginning, then maybe you could say, hey, you know, and just so you know, we also have this product and this, this thing that does – Pretty well, but right now, do you want to put all your eggs in, in in dynamite and get that as good as it could possibly be? Or I don't know. It, it, it kind of seems like dynamite's sort of on cruise control these days. It's it, the ratings are very boring for dynamite every single week, which is very steady, very good. I think despite the show order... dying and sucking and Ring of Honor's annoying and all that, and people just I don't know continue to see people watch every. But the growth the isn't Hon- quite there yet, and that's the that's... Ring of Honor takes are the most annoying thing. I, I really <laughs> look. I can't. I I'm not going to tell people what should and shouldn't bother them or what they should or shouldn't enjoy when they watch their wrestling shows but i cannot i genuinely cannot wrap my head around why that bothers people i do not know why letters on title belts bother people it's all aew stars that hold these titles so what the fuck is the difference whether it's it's you know it's it's still chris jericho and daniel garcia and ftr and samoa joe that's holding these titles. So what's the problem? Because it says ROH on the belt. Like you have some kind of fucking mind melt when that happens. Oh, I can't enjoy this. Cause it says ROH on the belt instead of like who I don't understand why this bothers people. I, I, I can't wrap my head around it, but getting back to the other point, I think in order to fix rampage, you would have to borrow from dynamite, but I'm not saying that I would do that. Let me be clear. I wouldn't fuck with dynamite. In order to, to to fix Rampage, I would wait to get some of those stars back and kind of just accept that my plan this fall got foiled due to injury and suspension and backstage fights and everything else. And and I would, you know, just just live with it because I don't think you want to damage your true A show. And, you know, do I think taking MJ off, MJF off of Dynamite, putting him on Rampage for a month would help Rampage? I do. But I also think it would hurt Dynamite. And I wouldn't want to do that. So it's what you would have to do, but it's not what I would do. I would wait to get people back and before I started putting that sort of effort into rampage um, that to answer your question, I guess, cause that's what you asked me before I got sidetracked with the ROH thing, which I still don't understand why that bothers people. <laughs> it's, um, it, yeah. It, it's a thing that, you know, I mean, great... the Jericho story is super interesting. Like he's, I, I, it's, it's an asshole that 
they bought this TV property or the, they bought this property and Chris Jericho's just being an asshole about it, you know? Yeah. He's got the, the, their title on, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I mean, he's the sports entertainer who is the antithesis of what ROH is all about. And he wants to destroy our, that's a good story. I don't understand why, like, why does that bother people? It's if he was doing that, like, seriously, if he was doing this with an AEW belt, you'd like it, but because he's doing it with an ROH belt where it actually makes more sense, you don't like it. I, I cannot wrap my head around that. Um, but I don't know. I, it, it, I don't get why it annoys people, but you know, whatever. And, and I don't think it's having the effect on business that these people claim it is because their ratings are steady. Yeah. They're, they're, they're like, pretty good. Like, yeah. Even, even it, this week's was, was against the, the world series and stuff it was pretty damn solid. Number three, I think in 18 to, to 49 and, and they finished the same place. They always do. They <laughs> right. did a, it's kind of boring at this point, but they did a tick lower in total viewership. They did a tick lower in demo going up against a no hitter in a world series game which means that the World Series game, in theory, held viewers from beginning to end because of the drama of whether or not they were going to complete the no-hitter. So, And, and the, the usual two NBA games. And they went up against the stronger of the two NBA games, the Celtic Cavalier game, which yeah. did the bigger number. So, um, yeah, I thought they held up well. They basically do the same number every week or in the same range every week. When the World Series is over, they'll be back up to the – They'll do just over a million or just under a million and around a point two three two point three three right back in that range like they were doing, you know, and they're really just still doing now. So, um, you know, Dynamite obviously is strong. But, yeah, Rampage. Now, I don't know whether Turner or AEW think that these Rampage numbers are a red flag or a pressing issue. For all I know, they, that this might be the floor of what they find acceptable they might be impressed with the dvr numbers which melcher claims are the highest in the out of all of the wrestling shows which which makes sense because people are watching rampage over the weekend when oh yeah they wake i, up I, I was a saturday morning rampage person for a long long time it's, it you know, seems like a lot of people are yeah friday so. nights are you know if i'm home, in the winter I'm, I'm usually home but in the summer i'm never home on a friday night so it was always like a, yeah i'd wake up at 7 a.m and watch it on dvr or whatever that's how every single you know weekend w- w- would go for me for a while and now as of late i've just kind of you know I, I still record it but it just kind of hits delete right away and I, I haven't watched it in a while but um, or, or I'll, you know, I'll jump in and, and read some recaps or, or watch some clips on YouTube or whatever. But no, in its early days, I was an avid like Saturday morning, and so I'm sure many, many people were that way. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Uh, let's talk about Jeff Jarrett here. To the surprise of well, everybody, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett made an appearance on this week's episode of Dynamite. Uh, Tony Khan would later welcome Jarrett to AEW with the Jarrett is all elite graphic and name him the quote new AEW. Director of Business Development. He said, I look forward to expanding the at AEW live events calendar in 2023, plus in future years with JJ. Uh, I don't know this guy's name. I think it's Raphael is this guy's name, but it's his Twitter account. Mookie Ghana. That, so that's what this guy's been doing for the last couple of years? Because all of a sudden, the guy was doing WrestleNomics, and then, boof, off the face of the earth. Yeah. His work Wouldn't for AEW, emails. Huh? Stop picking up the phone. Yeah, Wouldn't yeah. emails. I don't know what his deal is. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I ask him about Observer Hall of Fame audio. Nothing. Too busy big time in us. Too busy. You know? it's, actually, it's actually the opposite in many cases. Yeah. You know the... Uh, <laughs> I've talked to him a lot. Right? But not, yeah, the, I mean, it, not in the ways that you think. In, in like dumb ways. Uh, not not like, give me the scoops, pal, ways. Like in the dumbest ways possible. Yeah. Last week when they... The, the, remember the Yankee playoff game was in a rain delay? And yeah. People weren't sure what was going to happen with uh, Dynamite. I, I remember asking him. And um, 
he gets back to me and he goes, Oh, well, I talked to George Steinbrenner and we're going to work. I'm like, he's George Steinbrenner has been dead for 20 years. <laughs> right. right. That's most of the conversations. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, Jeff Jarrett. So, uh, apparently yeah, so. he's got some office position here. On I guess top so. Of so yeah, Mookie, uh, Chris Harrington, uh, I think this guy Raphael says, let me, let me make sure I get his actual name here. Uh, the guy and, uh, and Jeff Jarrett, JJ is Tony Khan calls him. I guess they're already on, on that level. They <laughs> call him JJ or he was running out of, uh, uh, characters there. I uh, look forward to expanding the AEW live events calendar in 2023 plus in future years with JJ, Raphael, Mookie Ghana, and our entire great AEW teams. So Jared obviously was last with WWE as the company's, uh, a senior vice president of live events. So now he is the AEW director of business development. So Jeff Jarrett, Wins again, fails up again. The man just is the cockroach of professional wrestling. Just will never, ever go away and still just keeps getting new jobs and somehow seemingly better jobs or at least linear jobs. Like Senior Vice President of Live Events is probably a better job than Director of Business Development, I guess, sort of, I assume. But like at worst, this is a a, a, a linear job here. But uh, yeah, he's got an office position, uh, presumably an on-camera role. I have no idea about that, but we do know uh, he does have the backstage position. I, and I thought there's some interesting uh, things there, and I want to look in deeper into that before we kind of just laugh about Jeff Jarrett. Uh, I look forward to expanding the AEW live events calendar in 2023. Do you read that the same way I do? That house shows, touring? I mean, how That's else, how would, you ex- how else yeah. would you expand the live event calendar if you're not adding live events? Right. And, I mean, it seems pretty obvious to me, but I saw a lot of people be like, oh, wait a minute. Is that what they're talking about? It's like, well, yeah, I think. Well, what else what? would they be talking about? <laughs> right. How else do like, you expand it unless yeah. you get another show? But how? who knew, who knew that doing sold shows in minor <laughs> league baseball stadiums that were moderately successful at best? Oh, wait. Yeah, right, right would parlay into two jobs handling live events for the two biggest companies in the world 10 years later. After having How a run where <laughs> after founding a company with your father on the premises of we'll just tape everything in one building so we don't have to spend any yeah. money. Yeah. And after running a company that has struggled for 20 years to run house shows successfully. <laughs> How does this guy do it? I don't know. I don't know. It's like we talked about it when he was hired as the uh, WWE's SVP of live events. Like, I can't think of a guy worse in wrestling to hire for that job than Jeff Jarrett. Like, TNA hasn't been able to sell a house show ticket in two decades. He does these sold minor league shows that were not a success for the Global Force gimmick. I just, I don't understand, but good for him. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I, he, he, the guy, the guy interview, he must interview great. He must be the best interview we could all learn. Uh, from Jeff Jarrett's interviews and 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 just something that he does uh, to keep getting these positions and, and just the ultimate good guy to hang out with. I have no idea what it is, but uh, I, I mean, guess... he talked me into buying all that Global Force gold. So he obviously <laughs> it's still and it's rising in value, man. Once the dollar falls, you're gonna be you're gonna be raking in the dough, man. When that when that wow. dollar collapses, and we're Listen, we're right sir. on the precipice. Joe, you're 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 gonna be riding high with that global force gold. So there's a reason I held on to all my global force gold. <laughs> it's a long term investment, sir. Um, yeah, I don't know how he does it, but I know that the angle last night rocked. I don't know what you thought of it. I thought it was cool as hell. Uh, I thought it was a cool angle, but I don't really want. I I I hope that Jarrett shows up like once every nine months or something. Is that I I, I don't, don't want know. him on I, my television regularly. I think they're doing the. I think his gimmick based on his promo where he talked about his family history. He made it a point to emphasize the word impact. And then he kept running down the AEW fans 
and uh, he brought back slap nuts. If you're not happy about that, then <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not. Tight. Yeah, I don't want. I so, don't think we need slap nuts again. I I think we need slap. I'm, we I, I, nobody needed nobody needed slap nuts in 2000. We let me sure tell you Don't need slap nuts. That might be my first wrestling shirt. I might get a slap nuts shirt if they put one out, Great. and Dude, I'll yeah. I'll wear it on the show. We'll do our first video podcast. <laughs> um, I think that based on his promo, I think what they're and the fact that he's aligned with Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal. Is he's going to be this? And I like, I love that he's the last outlaw. I love that he's the last outlaw. The look is great. I will not say anything against the look. The look rocks. You know, he he went to Game Changer and just fucking punked them so badly. Punked Effie and never came back. And then ultimate worker, ultimate worker there. Incredible. Yeah. You know, he beats Effie and he's like, you know what? I'm good. I, I don't think we're going <laughs> to rematch. No, nah, nah, I'm good. Um, <laughs> I don't uh, I don't think so. Thanks, though. And the, then he does the, the thing for the Conrad verse with, with Flair. And that, Which he fucking angles, rocks, by the way. For, for Those I angles see, rocked. For yeah. people that did not hey. see those, I get how you might be like, ah, duh, Jeff Jarrett, absolute dork. He was the glue that kept that entire thing together. He is so he good. Very good. In yeah. those promo packages and those videos, my daddy never liked you anyway. <laughs> I love it. Just blooding up Ric Flair with those good punches, those good Memphis punches. Ah, oh, rocked. Yeah, it was excellent. And he's aligned <laughs> with Lethal again. So what I'm getting at is I think with the promo, it seems like he's going to be this bitter heel who is jealous of the success of AEW because he was never able to attain that success. With all of his different ventures over the years, you know, mainly TNA. So I think that's going to be the direction and why he has surrounded himself with all these TNA people and Cole Carter for some reason. I don't know what's <laughs> and up also that, Cole Carter's but, there too. <laughs> yeah. Man, did, but, uh, you, did you want to crawl into the biggest hole ever when that when guy he got masked? Zero and it was like you could hear eyelashes like falling on the ground. It's- nothing zero not even a laugh not even a clap not even the the a modicum of a boo just fucking nothing i am a hundred percent positive nwo sting jeff farmer would have gotten more of a reaction absolutely absolutely and he hasn't been on american television in 20 years um you know jeff farmer has he's he worked as recently as right before the pandemic he worked at yeah, a GCW show, right? Didn't he? Uh, he he did one he of the, did the, um... the clusterfuck. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's still he's but, still kind of. Yeah, I, I forget. Has he worked since then? I don't think he has since then. The last God, time I checked, which believe it or not, I do check. Oh my God, I forgot the match. Do you remember the match that he had? He did the clusterfuck. No, no, no. The the match he had before the pandemic. No, no, I, I don't know what you're referring. Really to. forgot about this, but now I'm remembering. Okay, it's gonna loop into something later. Uh, February 28th, 2020, just just weeks before, or, 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 a couple days before the pandemic rages over the world. Um, Super J, he recreated his Super J character, Joe. Not Super J cast, Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. Super J, he teamed with one Keiji Muto to face Tetsumi Fujinami and Yoshiaki Fujiwara in the Keiji Muto Produce Pro Wrestling Masters show at Corican Hall. Are we sure that was him and that's not a cage match mix-up? <laughs> hey. Are we sure that was him? I, you know what? I cannot confirm or deny it. Now um, that I think about it, are we sure that was him in the clusterfuck? I cannot confirm Can or you- deny that. I will tell you that that they list him doing pro wrestling masters shows in 2018 and 2019 as well. 
I I will admit that I did not watch the uh, that show, so I can't tell you for sure if that was a uh, yeah. one Jeff Farmer, but uh, yeah, very curious. That 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 is that is maybe slightly dubious. Either way, I don't accept Cole Carter as my new fake sting. I I, <laughs> right. I don't accept it. Tony two stacks of dimes Donato, whatever his fucking name is. I I don't I don't I'm not I can't. All right, do you trust Gerard? Yeah, I trust Gerard. Co-host of the Emerald Flow Show on the Voice yeah, of Wrestling course. Podcast. Well, he says it was him, so. All right, well, if it was really him, then he can work. You could have gotten the real <laughs> fake get, sting. Yeah, get fake sting. The real fake sting, if that makes any sense. Like, the real deal. The NWO sting. Who, back in that era, whenever I would get a pro wrestling video game, I would immediately go into create a wrestler and create fake Sting because it was easy to make because all of Sting's parts were there. Yeah, oh yeah, right? and it wasn't. I mean, and he was in Revenge, so you were good to go there. He was good to go there. Yeah, yeah. But you, but any game that had Sting already, you can make fake Sting and just give him shitty attributes and you know and, and slightly Sh- different size attributes. Speak for yourself, sir. <laughs> yeah, and then you. you've got your your first created wrestler. The other thing I used to do is make uh, 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 Kamala Two, the Botswana Beast. Because you know, and then just make them shorter than the Kamala. Than the yeah, Kamala really, really, really inventive creator wrestlers. Here. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't always the most. Uh, I didn't have the wildest imagination as a kid, Rich. You have to understand. So th- these are the creator wrestlers I would make. Um, yeah, it, it gets you started, though. You know, it gets you started. And, Le- and learn and, the you, learn the menus, learn the menu system, yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. But yeah, uh, you could have got the real deal here. Is my point. You didn't need Tony Stack of Dimes, two quarter Donato. Uh, you could have gotten the, the the real fake Sting. But no, he that was humiliating for him when he took that off. And I think the only person in the building who knew who he was was Excalibur. I'm not even sure Taz knew. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think Taz. Did. Yeah. Uh, so I believe I, I'd be corrected that he was not in WWE NWO Revenge. He was in World Tour. So no, no you know what? Was that the swink? Again? <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't the swink this time. So. Who was it correcting you this time? Uh, Antox was correcting you okay. in the chat. Well, thanks for that correction. Yeah, I did, I we'll we'll be sure to edit that in the final cut. And, uh, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> anyway, there we go. Same so, era, same developer. Easy, yeah, easy. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and uh, the best same. part about the world tour so far, uh, the, the world tour sting is it was sting in quotes. <laughs> it was like. A sting of quotes. Yeah, yeah like, it was like the same. You know what I mean? I, I remember as a kid, I wasn't that. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't watch that much wrestling when I first started playing World Tour or whatever. I was watching a little bit. I just was like, I don't. I don't understand this. I was like all these piss pants that 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 go crazy when there's not a video package. I was like, why is there two stings? I, I don't know why there's two stings or whatever. Eventually, I learned because I'm not an idiot, and then it was fine. But yeah, when I first played, I was like, so there's sting, and then there's sting. <laughs> The question marks. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't understand this, but uh, I eventually would learn. So, do you remember when he was the Cobra? Of course, I remember the Cobra. Uh, yeah, Sergeant Craig Pittman, right? <laughs> yeah. That whole storyline. The Cobra. Yeah, uh, of course I remember. Yeah, Jeff Farmer. I, he, you know, not great worker, but you know, got jobs for a while. Was seemed to had a great run in New. I mean, God, he worked in New Japan for years. Yeah, years into like the mid two thousands. I want to say. Yeah. Well, when. You, when you when you innovate a winning gimmick, yeah, like I mean, fake sting, I, the company was dying at the time. And hey, you know what? <laughs> That's fine. That's... Yeah, I want to. I want to say as well. At one point in 2000, Nitro, he returned to Nitro, but not as fake Sting, but as like the Super J character. Mm. I, I want to. I, I remember watching that at one point, or, or, or going back and, and reading that, just thinking how funny it was. And I don't even remember if they addressed that he was NWO Sting because I don't think they wanted because he was Super J at that time. You know what I mean? He wasn't the same guy, but yeah, no, I, I definitely yeah. Uh, 
I don't remember Cobra well, from the days. I won't be I won't be firing up Peacock to to, to fact check that. I yeah I wouldn't I'll yeah I wouldn't watch the take your word for some it. random two thousand era Nitro which uh, was pretty terrible. But yeah, they could have gotten the uh, yeah I I just don't man I don't know this T, uh, a a bitter TNA stable. I don't know if I need a TNA stable an ROH stable uh, in, in the company at the same time. I I don't know or, or I don't know. I, if it's just a bitter Jeff Jarrett, a bitter Jeff Jarrett's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, you know, I I, I like the start last politicking outlaw. though. He's gonna start politicking though, and he's Jeff Jarrett. He's got the ear. You know, he's gonna find a way to. He's gonna well, win a title or something. I mean, I don't know. Well, what title are we talking? I don't, could be any. It's Jeff Jarrett, man. Who listen, knows? don't don't threaten me with a good time. What title <laughs> are we talking Jeff about? Jarrett, I he I, could be world champion by the end of the year. He's uh, got a way. I mean, if anybody could do it. If anybody could do it this year, it'd be Jeff Jarrett, right? Well, p- pitch me the angle. No, I don't want to. No, I have no angle I mean, for you. <laughs> you can't tell me at the end of that segment when we got the... <laughs> that you didn't feel... <laughs> yeah. The best, worst theme song of all time. Like, the worst song ever. You know when it plays, you're about to get some fucking horrific 25-minute... TNA main event where there's gonna be nine run-ins and three ref bumps, and it's gonna end with somehow, some way, Jeff Jarrett with those two fingers in the air holding up the TNA title. You're like, God damn it! What the fuck? I didn't do it again. But it rules too. But it's it sucks, and you're it's like grating, and you want to just ah, I I hate it. But it also rocks. It's so good too. As he noted, twelve-time world champion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Two-time Hall of Famer. Um, and you can't tell me you didn't feel a little tingle when you heard that theme music at the end of the segment. I know I did. I mean, I don't know I'm all about tingle. this. I don't know if it was a tingle. I yeah, felt I, the tingle. I felt yeah. a little tingle. It was exciting. I have to say. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know that. I, I don't know that we need to be like retreading total nonstop action on on AEW. I, I don't. I, I don't think we. We'll, need to we'll see. Maybe he can bring in. Uh, wild cat with a K, Chris Harris. Maybe he can bring in uh, James Storm. Sorry about your damn luck. You yeah, know? I mean, That's... hey, it would be, it'd be I'll, I'll say this as, as somebody who hosts a, a, a TNA retrospective podcast uh, on this network, Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. You've got to be kidding me. Uh, it'd be great business for them. So, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're, I'm starting to see it your way a little bit. Like you, always, I don't know you, what... you, you sometimes take Phil's side in this case because yes. you know, he makes us a lot of money. And I'm starting to see I'm starting to see your side here. Is that that podcast would be doing big numbers if Wildcat Chris Harris shows up? And yeah, I mean, I don't know what To and Puppet are up to. Uh, so you want like peak like what two thousand like five like what what era of NWA TNA do you really want him to dig into? That depends. Can we get Cheeks? Is Cheeks still out there? <laughs> or I don't I don't know. You know, it all depends. Uh, we can't get Abyss. He's got yeah. his comfy little. Uh, WWE oh yeah, he's job. still there. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, Johnny Devine. Which means, you want some means of course, no, yeah. no Joe Parks Esquire either. No, Chris yeah, Park, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Park, no Joe Parks Esquire. He is Chris Parks. Joe Parks is the yes. Joseph Park is the character. Yeah, he yeah, is actually. Right. Yeah, right, 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 right. Well, what do you mean? Char- These are two different men. What are you saying? <laughs> That's right. Uh, Jerry Lynn oh. is going to have some some weird allegiances right now. He's not going to be sure to who to who to go with here. <laughs> I don't know what you're implying. Those are brothers, right. sir. 
Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I enjoyed the segment last night. Could it go off the rails? Sure. Yes. <laughs> that, that I, I have a worry. I, I, I want to say I enjoyed it in the moment, but I have a, a ton of worry that I really don't want. Listen. Don't, yeah, I don't want much more Jeff Jarrett. Peak Jeff Jarrett and his grab a guy by the hair and do a walk and brawl. Everyone agrees that that sucked. Okay. But if Jeff Jarrett wants to show up as the last outlaw and fucking brain people with balsam wood guitars, I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> and he does. I will tell you for sure he does. He does. And then mocking Darby Allen for because he's laying in a literal pool of blood. That fucking rocked. I don't know how people claim they didn't enjoy this. I mean, he's like, yeah, lay in that pool of blood, son, with blood pouring out of Darby <laughs> Allen's head. That segment ruled. I don't know where it's going. Maybe it's going somewhere I don't want it to. But for now, I enjoyed it. I got to be honest. Yeah, I, I would love it if he just like popped up every couple of like. I don't know that I love the idea of him. He did say he's waging war on on aid, so yeah, I I do. Th- but hopefully that's all bravado. And yeah, I, I would like if he's just kind of a guy that's running this like weird little stable or whatever, a part of this little stable. That's fine. There's 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 some value in that. But yeah, I don't know that we need to be stoking the flames of of total nonstop action nostalgia here. Uh, I I just don't know that there's a whole lot of uh, of of benefit to that. But in the in the in the moment. It will, I'll admit it was kind of cool, and that Wee Woo did did get me a little bit. So, yeah, love the Wee Woo. It just makes me laugh. Just the, Jeff Jarrett just makes me laugh anytime I see that guy on my yeah. television. I just laugh. You just how do you not? He's the best part about it. Is somebody was like, "How does he keep doing this?" And I was like, "I I don't know if it's that he has no shame or he doesn't have any self awareness because I think he has self awareness. I don't know if it's sh- and I don't know if it's that he has no shame. He just like I don't know. He's just. He's just Jeff Jarrett. He's just eternal. He just is always there. He's just, he's the last outlaw. He's the last pro wrestler. He just won't go away. And he's in great shape. Arms looking good. I know. I, know. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed the segment. I'm taking it week by week here. You know, maybe, maybe it does go off the rails. I don't know. There's a chance. Um, But for now, you know, I'm enjoying it. All right, uh, so that is Jeff Jarrett. Uh, that is uh, Shibata and Orange Cassidy with Mike Tyson on commentary this week uh, on AEW Dynamite. That is all coming up. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see where, what, what happens next with Jarrett, and we'll see what happens Friday uh, with uh, Dynamite or with Rampage, I should say. But uh, speaking of Dynamite, I should say, uh, flagship patreon.com, patreon.com uh, slash voices of wrestling. Good time to tell you about uh, what we have going on there. You just a couple hours before we went live here on the flagship released your weekly Thursday Dynamite reviews. Uh, much, much anticipated every single week. People live and die. Uh, by the Thursday Dynamite Reviews. Great audio, about an hour or so, maybe 45 minutes to an hour every single week, recapping the Dynamite the day after it happens. Uh, That is available on our $5 tier. Uh, We also have a $10 tier that gets you live flagship podcasts, including this one right here. You can join, uh, listen live, also join the No Dopes chat room, which people love to do, a very active chat room uh, every single week. And, uh, yeah, a lot of other really, really fun stuff going on on the Patreon uh, right now, I'm doing my Goldberg 173-1 and series. I just released uh, Chapter 4 covering October 1998 uh, for Goldberg, including the disaster that was Halloween Havoc and it not being aired on the pay-per-views and the pay-per-view cable companies cutting it off so they had to show it on Nitro. And yeah, it got good ratings, but I ended up pissing off all the cable companies. It was last Nitro's last win on uh, the Mighty Night Wars. But we're mostly talking about what Goldberg is doing, where he's going, and, and, and what the future uh, is going to hold for him as we get down to uh, the December 
uh, Starcade match with Kevin Nash where he's going to lose the streak and how everything built up to that. So that's been a lot of fun. We just did October. Uh, we'll do November this month and obviously December. Uh, we'll cap off the series well, in December at the end of that month. Uh, you also have, I wanted you to talk a little bit about this, two written things on the uh, the, the Patreon. Uh, you have your review roulette and also Lanza Reviews, the New Japan World TV title tournament first round. But more than anything, I want you to talk about the review roulette this week, which was just an all-timer uh, as you, for some reason, went back to the world of World Wrestling Entertainment and watched NXT and Level Up. Yeah, one week after saying that I was never watching WWE again, the very first written review I do is two WWE shows. So uh, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, uh, the the review roulettes where I review random television shows that we don't talk about on the flagship, uh, I did uh, this week NXT and NXT Level Up. And I hated NXT so much that I had a second meltdown after the first meltdown that we had when we reviewed Halloween Havoc. I had a second meltdown in this review where it is a, a such a scathing review that I had to edit it to make it more palatable for the masses. You had to have uh, your, your, your wife look at it to make sure that it was suitable for public consumption, correct? She read the review and she knows nothing about wrestling and she said, this has to go, this has to go, you can't say <laughs> this. Um, and so I took her advice and um, it's still a, uh, a pretty brutal... Um, review and and you know for for people who don't know when I do the 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 the, the, uh, the the reviews behind the paywall for these shows it's never this match by match here's the moves that happened here's who won here's what I thought I think people get enough of that and that's boring so what I do is just I write a few paragraphs on how the show made me feel and what I thought about the show sometimes I'll talk about specific matches or specific angles but what really ends up happening is I end up writing little mini essays on wrestling, you know, that things that the shows make me think about. And, um, you know, and, and in the case of nearly every time I review a WWE show these days, it usually ends with me, uh, you know, ranting about the product and how much I hate it, which was kind of the case this week with the NXT review. And then I looked at, uh, this week's level up as well. So, um, that, that's there, but you never know what you're going to get. With the NWA pay-per-view coming up, the next time I do this, it'll probably be uh, NWA Power and NWA USA. Sometimes I do Rampage. Sometimes I, you know, when MLW comes back, I've, I've done them before, but they just haven't run in so long. Impact. You never know what you're going to get. It's uh, They're written reviews of shows that we don't typically talk about here. Uh, also this week, I put up a review, written review of the, of the eight first-round matches from the New Japan television title tournament. So... Uh, those are traditional match reviews. If you read my match reviews before, you know my style. And, uh, you know, just recapping the whole first rounds, complete with the star ratings, you know, and uh, and all that, including the outstanding Tomohiro Ishii-Ren Narita match, which was uh, easily the best match of the first round. Although I really liked David Finley versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru too. So um, that's up behind the paywall as well. And we're going to talk about the New Japan television title. Um tournament a little bit later in the show but all the written content all the written reviews that could be found on the ten dollar tier uh audio and um everything else um all of rich's uh seasonal projects uh yeah working my way through halloween havocs right now we're we're just about done i uh, just released 1995 a couple days ago that was the ridiculous uh monster truck battle thing with hogan and the giant i have 96 97 98 99 and 2000 all pretty much ready to go just kind of have to sit down uh, and record those but those will be up very very soon and then we'll figure out what we're going to do for november 
uh, in December as well. But yeah, that the Halloween Havoc's happening, still happening. Uh, Halloween, you know, obviously has passed, but a uh, few more days uh, of them coming through, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll definitely make it work. Yeah, and um, you know, obviously the the Thursday Dynamite review every week is uh, also on the five dollar tier. Uh, we got the NFL Intelligentsia going every week with myself and Jesse Collings. Um, for people who listen to that, no show next week. Just like giving people a heads up. There will be no NFL Intelligentsia Week 9 recap. Uh, it's going to be very hard for me not to do a show if the Rams beat Brady again. But there will be no show next week because uh, Jesse's not available. Jesse's going to Dynamite, and we record on Wednesday nights. So no NFL Intelligentsia next week. But – there will be the return of the college football intelligentsia next week. As I bring back Tyler Forness, oh, uh, that. that's, not, that's not a weekly show, but we we're going to do a couple of those per year. And since the first, uh, 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 bowl playoff, standings yeah. came out, the playoff standings came out. Uh, we're going to do a show this week. Um, you know, after the second set of uh, playoff standings come out. So no NFL intelligentsia this week, there will be a college football intelligentsia. And, the people who listened to that show the first time really enjoyed it because uh, Tyler is a wealth of knowledge with the college football. He has 19 different media jobs covering college football, so he knows what he's talking about. So that will fill in for the NFL Intelligentsia this week. Then the NFL Intelligentsia will return probably, for, presumably for the rest of the season, maybe with a week off here or there. The college football show, we do plan on doing one more right before the playoff and right before the bowls. So you probably get two more of those moving forward. And uh, for some of the off-topic content and the NFL intelligentsia every week from here on out, uh, in addition to all the other content. And, of course, this month is going to be full gear. So um, I'm sure we're doing, going to do a full gear instant reaction live. Um, if we don't do the full gear instant, I'm sure we'll have some kind of full gear no, content. I think we're good. Yeah, let me let me double check on that day. But I, I, I can't 100% confirm it right now just because you never know what life is going to do. But uh, I think uh... – I'd say 99% confirmed. November 19th, uh, yeah, I'm around. I got nothing going on. Who's got anything going on November 19th? Come on. Yeah. So um, I guess Tyler Tyler acting like he just found out in the chat. I thought we discussed this. I thought he knew. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, the uh, so what we should be able to do the full gear instant reaction live. So that's th- this month as well. And then December – you know, this is looking way ahead, but maybe final battle we can do something too in terms of uh and of course with full gear in November and final battle in December, we will have the media call audio up with mm-hmm. my written and out. See, a lot of sites will just give you the call audio nah, itself. Not us. Nope. Gotta go now, farther. See, I'll give you the written analysis and my takes and uh what I feel are the biggest takeaways from the uh from the media calls before the aew and roh pay-per-views as well so a lot of content coming plus the hall of fame content right is coming right right that, that is coming very soon if you want to if you want to get some hall of fame content i did my uh, primer episode where i go over the entire ballot uh what people got last year what you know who's new to the ballot new rules to the ballot uh and the hall of fame content is coming very very soon we're, we're working out the back end of that trying to schedule stuff it's always difficult to try to schedule joe and i and then it's also difficult to try to schedule another person uh, but uh, hopefully we'll have some some clarity on that, and, and and hopefully in the next week or two, you guys are going to get uh, some Hall of Fame content coming. But yeah, we, we're getting ready. We're getting ramped up for it. It's just a matter of kind of 
cobbling it all together, getting everybody scheduled, figuring out who's going to do what. But we have some interesting names, some, some fun people uh, that we're going to talk to in, in the next couple of weeks. So definitely look out for that. And the, the ballot is due November 15th, but we usually don't do all of the ballot before November 15th. Like we can, we can still talk about the hall of fame all the way through November. It does not. Need and to Dave all doesn't announce, Dave doesn't announce the results for months. So we, we can do hall of fame content even after the, the due date for the ballot. Right, right, it. right. Yeah. A lot of people say, and, well, they're due the 15th. Yeah. But we don't have to fit. We're not, we're not doing the show for voters of the hall of fame. Like, yeah, some voters might listen to it or whatever, but we're doing right. it more for you, the the random person that's just saying, you know, hey, I'm interested in learning about old wrestling, or I'm interested in learning about, you know, these people or whatever. That's ultimately what the, the point is. It's not, it'd be a really boring show if we just sat there and said, well, yeah, I'm going to vote for this guy, and I'm going to vote for that guy, I'm going to vote for that guy. All right, see it. Like, no, it's not about that. It's about arguing through all these names, discussing all the names. Ultimately, it doesn't matter, you know, who we vote for or who gets in or who doesn't get in. It's just, a, yeah, going through old wrestlers and talking about them and and their their history and their backgrounds. And, and, yeah, ultimately it is, you know, do they deserve to make this Hall of Fame? But you can do that audio November 20th. It doesn't need to be November 15th, so. So, yeah, we can't really announce anything yet, but there's a good chance there'll be some first-time guests that we've never had before yeah. to come on and talk uh, Hall of Fame because we do like to mix it up. And, um, you know, we'll have some past guests as well, but I, I think there's a good chance we'll have at least one first time guest. And um, so the Hall of Fame shows are coming. AEW pay-per-view, ROH pay-per-view, um, you know, the, the, the off topic shows. Uh, the, the, this is a really good time to get in because uh, there really is a, uh, a ton of content coming. Yeah, I'll, I'll always do. Uh, you mentioned too the NFL uh, and college football intelligence. I always do an NBA intelligence too. Uh, right before the uh, Christmas Day games to kind of catch up with what's going on in the NBA and uh, what the teams are, what you should watch on Christmas Day or whatever. So, yeah, plenty. That that coming down the pike, too. If you need even more reason to possibly subscribe uh, to flagshippatreon.com, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, voicesofwrestling.com slash patreon, vowretro.com, too. You can get you there uh, as well. Whatever way you get there, $5 tier and $10 tier uh, to do that. But I will uh, also be posting some very tasteful nudes of myself yes, very soon. Yes, very soon. The... We also rate your penis. If you just send us 30, what's that? What's Mandy charging for that thing? 35 bucks? Not enough. Not enough. I'm going to need a little more. Um, I listen. Now you've done it because we're going to get penises in the, e in our email. Now, you yeah, know that, right? Yeah, like yeah. we're definitely going to get, it's going to be loaded with cocks that we now have to rate. So how do you plan on? Well, rating? we're gonna have to rate. I'll rate them. I'll rate them. Like I mean, you I, have a fair and honest rating. Yeah, for these I'll just say like, I don't okay, know. yeah, you know, I, all I, right. Well, Rich is doing Rich is doing dick ratings. So for, I, for the record, for money, I'm doing it right. A little bit more than Mandy. I, I need that, that's a way too low rate for her. Thirty five dollars. That's a lot. You're a lot of dicks for thirty five dollars. Well, right. I think that's why it's thirty five dollars. She I, wants to get. But that's too many. We've talked about it. it's like the cameo thing. You gotta price it out. You gotta price out where you want to get. How many do you really want? There's a balance for sure. Yeah, and I don't. I, I thirty five dollars is not it. Too yeah, low. no, yeah. it's not they, it. They would definitely pay more to get Mandy Rose to look at their penis, right? So she's probably undervaluing this service. Certainly, I mean, she's going to make out like sure. a bandit. She's just going to have to look at a lot of dicks, but a lot think, of dicks. Uh, 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 Tino, you're saying. She... <laughs> see, I think what you're saying is she she would get all of these people would probably pay like eighty. Right. Oh, they pay 80 to 100 easily to have Manny Rose look yeah. at their dick and, and, and rate it. Right. At 35, you're opening up to like troll people that are just like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to set it there. <laughs> like 35 bucks. That's easy. I, I'll do that. I do. I think you do also have to be a subscriber to whatever. So I guess it's actually probably yeah. like another $50 on top of that. So so maybe that is the right price point. I mean, far be it for me to tell her how to price point her, her dick rating. So, um, right. right. She's going to be making a lot more money than me uh, in November, December. That's all I know. So. 
See, I don't even think they necessarily care about the rating. They just want to know that she looked at yes, their penis. Yes, yes, yes. Unfortunately, you know, that, how many of those – like, because she's dating Tino Sabatelli, right, or Sabatello or whatever the hell it is. I don't know who she's dating. I think that's, that's who she's – I think that's – and that guy is going to have to look at a lot because she is just going to say, like, Tino, I got too many. Like, You're going to yeah. need to write in my voice, and, and that, that guy is going to have to – I don't know. I well, think that uh, – Are they going to be glad. earnest? I hope they're, like, earnest reviews of, like, you know, like, all right, here's the thing. I, I You know – yeah, you know, yeah, if if they send you like a dick pic of uh, of them, you know, and they're like sitting on the toilet with their fruit of the looms down around their ankle, you know, that that's a horrible dick pic, right? You're going to rate them low. Now, if they take a shot with some good lighting and a good angle and it's a full on 100%er, you know what I mean? A good 100%er boner, then you're going to rank them higher. Is that what you're saying, Rich? I think so. Yeah, I just thought, are, are they going to be earnest? Yeah. Like, are they going to really sit down and be like, all right, hold on a minute. Let's see. All right, well, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, that's looking well, I'm good. I'm asking like, you because you're going to be rating these penises. Oh, so I'm, I'm rating them. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Right. Give, me, give me tasteful ones here. Let, let, put some lighting into it. Well, well, taste, like, how tasteful can a dick pic be? Well, but very, I mean, oh, no, no, very tasteful. You can make there's a difference right there. You mentioned right there, you know. Right. A, a, a room with some No nice toilet lighting. picks. Yeah, no, no toilet, no toilet picks. picks. Come on. What, what yeah. are you doing? And and be well groomed, you know. Be a, uh, be well, a, we be should, well Manscaped groomed. should still be sponsoring us because it'd be a great way to, to get yeah. some more Manscaped uh, uh, razors sold. But get they don't want sponsor us anymore, so screw them. They don't. Don't get even mention the competitive. Uh... Edit that out. <laughs> right. Go. <laughs> go get a chic handheld razor. <laughs> right. And 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 clean that area up. Get rid of those cock sideburns. You guys know what I'm talking about. Don't let those cock sideburns get out of control. You got to get them right off of there, off of that shaft, you know. Otherwise, Rich is going to give you a little real rating. scathing review. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm glad you brought up Mandy Rose, not for her uh, her 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 dick ratings that she does. What does she does she have OnlyFans or something uh, else? It's what something else. Doing? It's not. Yeah, it's not. I forget what it is. But okay. So anyway, I'm glad you brought her up because I want to propose this to you. I contend, and I would like to know if you have any challengers for this for this uh, for this title that I'm bequeathing to her. Okay, okay. I contend that Mandy Rose's current NXT Women's Championship title reign, which is now I believe over one year or approaching I, one I year, I hope so. They had a celebration, a one year celebration. It better be. Yeah, I contend, Rich Krejci, that this is the worst major title reign to last one year or longer. In modern professional wrestling history, I cannot think of a title reign that lasted one year or longer as the cutoff point for a long title reign that has been worse and less effective with poorer match quality than this one. Less interesting. Any any way you want to describe it. Yeah. The matches stink. How many matches has she even had? Off the top of my head, I can think of... I'm trying to think of ones that like like if 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 I had to close my and you told me name every Mandy Rose NXT Women's Title defense. I think I remember one against Roxanne Perez. I and then I remember the Alpha Fire match that happened last week or two weeks ago. And I don't even know if I remember who she beat for the title. So yeah, I, I not not going good at the beginning here. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. I have the matches here. Oh, the unif- unification title match. That that one. I forget who. Oh, because they put Blair Davenport in there because they didn't want Santamoro to take the fall. So, yeah, that one, of yeah. course, too. Yes. 
So yeah. that's three out of uh, I don't know however many. So well, I mean, who could forget the Wendy Chu match at In Your House in uh, <laughs> June of 2022? Oh, yeah, um, the Zoe Stark match at Heat Wave on uh, NXT 2.0. Um, look, the matches have been as we've obviously pointed out here not memorable at all they haven't been good um the title reign she hasn't gotten over she's been the most pushed act along with braun Breakar in nxt 2.0 since the very day that they rolled out the brand and the show is still doing point one threes nobody cares about either of these people they can't get anybody to watch this show um it, it, i cannot think of a worse long term title reign uh, than the one that she is currently having with this title. She is undoubtedly the worst NXT women's champion of all time. Look at the lineage of that title and the title reigns and the people who have held it. And you can probably remember more matches from some of those title reigns in like 2017 than you can of her title reign, which is going on and, and is, is happening right now in real time. It's been horrendous. Um, the best match of her title reign, according to Cage Match, the inmates at Cage Match, Trich, is 6.77. That is the three-way with Miko Satsumura. <laughs> right, it also featured two very good pro wrestlers and also the Mandy only, Rose was there, yes. The only one you remembered, by the way. And <laughs> the Wrestling Observer Newsletter gave that three and a quarter stars. That is the high watermark for this title reign. Of course, we just saw the awful Halloween Havoc match with Alba Fire. That's sitting at 4.12 on the old cage match. So uh, Stark match. So we, we reviewed uh, Halloween Havoc last week, right? Um, yes, we so did. It, so they went to a haunted house. Uh, they then continued the match in the ring. Uh, and then I, I remember when I watched Halloween Havoc, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Mandy Rose defeated Alba Fire clean in the middle of the ring at Halloween Havoc. That's right. 20, she did. 22, right. Okay. Yeah. She won the match. Yeah. Okay. So on NXT this week, right during the one-year celebration... Out of a plume, yeah. a, a very small plume of smoke, emerged Alba Fire to restart the feud with Mandy Rose. Correct? Yeah, apparently oh, she right. wants to go shot. <laughs> this is the company the that tells good stories, right? This is this great is, stories. Okay, all right. Um, <clears throat> carry on. Yeah. So, if you look at her 2022, which has been the majority of this title reign, obviously, um, she's got some television matches, and maybe not necessarily title matches that are like rated under three with the dreaded bright red numbers on cage match. <laughs> yeah, never good. Total. Never good. Yeah, a match with Nikki Lyons that's sitting at 1.89. A match versus Saray sitting at 2.56. I mean, she's just been brutal. And the thing is, they're pushing her so hard, and she's the focus of the show. She hasn't improved at all in the ring. She hasn't improved at all on the microphone. She hasn't gotten over at all because the show still doesn't draw any ratings. I really believe that all told, this is the worst long-term title reign. Major title now. Don't start digging up some title from your random indies if you're a listener. I don't I don't care. I'm talking about major titles and major promotions, long-term champions. I cannot think of a worse long-term title reign since, let's say, I would I would call the modern era of pro wrestling 1985 and onward. Let's use that as our... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the one the one that I think most people would probably bring up and the one that came to my mind right away, I would disagree because I think it had its 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 purpose, would be like Honky Tonk Man or whatever. In, oh, in a kind of come on, but I agree. No, I, I'm with... Trust me, before you get mad, I'm with you. No, that is that... not... That does not belong in that conversation. 
No, it does not. Honky Tonk Man had a star presence. Honky Tonk Man had tremendous promos. Honky Tonk Man, now listen, was he out there having five-star classics we're going to remember forever? No. But the whole point of that character was yeah, he, he was, was a, a coward. coward. champion coward. coward. Who would, yeah, who would get in the get ring, the wrestle for a little bit, find out that his opponent is better than him and go, ha, <laughs> fuck it, and then take a powder. Leave his like, hands and get the hell out of there. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, oh, hell, or, I don't or, need this. <laughs> I'm yeah. out of here. <laughs> like, you know. Give me my title, Jimmy, uh, Colonel Jimmy Hart, and then get <laughs> right. the hell out of there, you know, and, and, or cheat, you know? Um, no, that the Honky Tonk Man's Intercontinental title reign was significantly more entertaining. The, the, the Mandy Rose title reign, there's nothing entertaining about it. The matches aren't good. The promos aren't good. She's done nothing memorable. It feels like she, she can't draw celebrations. It feels like they're just always on, on a couch talking. They're like coming out and then they sit on a couch or they go out and they're backstage and they're sitting on couches or they're in a car. It feels anytime I see it's never them doing anything in the ring. It's always her just sitting down talking. It's the worst. It's very, it's very strange. Yeah. It's really bad. Well, and I like first a company that's supposedly like in the midst of, you know, a women's revolution, a women's evolution, all that sort of stuff. And and yeah, it's a vestige of like the NXT 2.0 or whatever. But they they haven't like they're not they don't seem to be in a rush to take the title off of her. No. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't think that that's imminently happening. It's clear that the new regime also sees uh, value in it. But like, it, yeah, you, you wonder if like all the the I mean she's on the show all of the time. I mean she's never improves, never gets better, and- never loses, never really yeah, never having great matches. It's like man, there's no one else on that roster that you could go to and say, hey, let's put the title on X and build her up to become, like, a, a main event level. Because ultimately, like, what's this going to be? Like, when they eventually have Roxanne Perez beat her for the title, it's not, I mean, Mandy is just going to go right back to what she was doing before. Like, she's going to go know, to the main roster and just be, or she's just going to get released or whatever. I mean, they're, they're, they haven't built anything with this. They're not really planning for the next, you know, anything with her. It, it's just, you know, they put her on NXT 2.0 because she was hot. And then they've just kind of stuck with it for a while because they don't, I guess they don't have any other ideas and they want, you know, I don't know. Do, do we know if her quarter hours still draw, draw like good numbers? Did they ever draw that good numbers? I don't even remember. She, um, there were a couple quarter hours. It's hard I, those to early, tell. those early NXT 2.0 days, she was drawing numbers. The, the horny 70 year olds were all in on Manny Rose. Yeah, I don't remember. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I, I do remember a few um, of those times. We we ended up being like, wow, her, her, her. but it la- it only lasted a couple weeks, and then people were like, all right, well, whatever. Well, I could tell you that the overall ratings for the show haven't moved ever. They're they they started in the low point teens, and they're still there. You know, however long NXT 2.0 has existed. Um, her segment this week was the. Now, it was top of the hour, so everything gets bumped up top of the hour. The second highest segment of the show in total viewers and the second highest segment of the show in 18 to 49, the following segment, which featured – oh, no, I'm sorry. This was October – this is not this week's show. This is October 25th, but but again, she was at the top of the hour. The pretty deadly – tag match versus Anofe and Blade and the JD McDonough whatever he did backstage segment that that 
did better than hers. What are we doing? Nobody cares. Listen, the point here is. <laughs> right, the point here. I, I, angry angry 216 brings up a great point. You could argue, and he says, Co- Co- here, you can argue Mandy is the second most pushed person in WWE that is a full timer. Well, her and Braun Breaker are undoubtedly the hardest pushed. They've been they've been both pushed since day one of NXT 2.0. Right, well over Literally day one. Yeah. The show has been built around both of them. And if you, you really want to extrapolate that to the main roster, the only person being pushed harder than them is Roman Reigns. Right? I mean, realistically. Maybe Judgment Day. Um, but within the context of NXT, you know, obviously, she's been pushed harder than anyone with the exception of Breaker. And they're about equal. And it just has never caught on. And she's not getting any better. And she's been with the company since Obama was president. So <laughs> I don't. She's been there so long. No, that's not a joke. No, I know she's her. Been, her and Aaliyah are like you cannot even fathom how long that they've been in in, in this company. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty wild. Yeah, she she debuted for people who do not know about Mandy Rose. Uh, she debuted on. Let me get the exact show here. Uh, well, she was in Tough Enough, obviously. So so she dates back even far enough to Tough Enough. But yeah, J- January 2016 was her first. Uh, event. It's a long time ago now. <laughs> it doesn't seem I, long. Not... It doesn't seem long, but trust me, that's long. That's a long time for her. So, did she appear? All right, I've got the. I got another random one here. The October 11th NXT. Oh, check some quarter hours and stuff. Yeah. Let me see if she was on the show. Yeah, top of the hour again. Um. She always seems to be on at nine o'clock. Toxic three way tag ends, toxic attraction promo, an ad break. They did a promo. Did they have a match later? Yes, they had another promo later in the show. So their 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 quarter at the nine o'clock went up a little from the previous quarter, and then their segment later dropped. There's no, I don't see any. I'm just looking at random. Right, right, right. Just a few random. I don't see anything. I mean, the high water mark that week was quarter hour three with with Indy Hartwell versus Faraz, Apollo Crews video, Indy Hartwell angle, just a hodgepodge of shit. A Dragonov, Grayson Waller angle, no match. That did 841,000 viewers. Nothing else even did 800,000. So for whatever reason, I don't know. I I've looked at three random recent <laughs> doesn't NXTs, seem to be yeah, and there's nothing that indicates the toxic attraction is any kind of special quarter hour draw. Um, and I don't see any pattern for anyone else either. But you know, I didn't do, I didn't plan on doing this segment, so I didn't do any kind of detailed study of her drawing power. But it doesn't feel to me that she's catching on at all. She isn't any good anyway. If anyone could think. Of a worse title reign than this one, I'd I'd love you to pitch it to me. Yeah, I, let, let I, us I know. can't think. Of let one. us know. Yeah, let us know in, in, on, on Patreon. Uh, try to do that if you're if you're a Patreon subscriber. Make sure you comment on the on the post. Let us know uh, or YouTube as well. It's a good good way to plug our YouTube uh, channel. I believe it's even easier to get to our YouTube channel. I think now because they have YouTube handles, Joe. Uh, I think you could just go to YouTube.com/slash Voices of Wrestling to very easy find us. And I think that's been the case for a while, but now they've made it even easier with the YouTube handles. But uh, yeah, we're trying to pump that up a little bit. So uh, make sure if you're not already on there, make sure you subscribe. Uh, YouTube.com slash Voices of Wrestling. All of our podcasts are on there. Uh, we are also uh, doing uh, you know, I- I- additional clips. 
uh, as well. We're trying to find you know, a good clip from each one of our shows and, and, and post it there. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're trying to grow it a little, but little by little, but it does have everything. It has all of our shows on there. So it's, it's a cool, um, it's a cool little thing as well. If you, if you want to listen to the podcast, uh, that way as well, youtube.com slash voices of wrestling. How about there. this one? Dakota Jones has pitched the AJ styles world title reign with the Shinsuke Nakamura nutshot matches in the Joe feud where Joe was stalking him. Yeah, that's not great. Did that really last that long? Holy shit. Um, I think he had it over a year. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's better than this Mandy Rose. I mean, we remember the nut shots. Like, we remember the nut shot matches. Like, I don't know if better would be. I mean, I'm sure it was. I'm sure there was an AJ Styles match in that period that was better than anything that Mandy Rose has done. But also, like, from a memorable standpoint, too, we remember, like, I don't know if that's good or not. We remember the nut shot matches. We remember the joke. Okay. I would be willing to bet that any one of those three Styles Nakamura matches were better. I would say that the worst AJ Styles Nakamura match was better than the best Mandy Rose match, whatever it was. Oh, I'm sure. Yes, certainly. It has to, right? It's got to. So, uh, yeah, the Mandy Rose is, is way worse. Yeah, from an in-ring standpoint, from a uh, you know a memorable moment standpoint, from a, a, you know growing the audience and pro- no, you're Any getting st- nothing out of it. You're not getting anything out of this rain, but it's lasting you know over a year with, with no sign of, of of going out of style anytime soon. You know what's so. happening with it? Toxic attraction number three is growing on me. J- oh, JC Jane growing on you. You're coming a JC Jane guy. All right, she's getting better. Like I can see improvement in her. Like I can see a light at the end of the tunnel, and I can see some upside. With toxic attraction number three. Okay, okay. Whereas Mandy Rose, I've seen her on the main roster and she was totally ineffective and, and a non-factor there already. And this this has done nothing to change my mind. She's getting pushed as a top star and she's not coming across like one. You, you see what I'm saying? And she's been in the system since Obama was president. So on uh, whereas JC Jane, I don't know if she's ever gonna amount to anything, but I I can I I am seeing potential in her now. Whereas before I was, so I'm seeing her get better, which is the whole point of developmental. So Mandy Rose is a 29-year-old fourth outfielder who is starting in AAA and is still only hitting 280. Like, what are we doing here? (laughs) It's not going to happen. Anyway, there you go. So that, that is our long winded. Uh, that, that's the plug for the uh, Patreon there. Uh, there you go. But uh, yeah, you have your write up uh, this week. Uh, review roulette uh, on NXT and all that sort of stuff. But let's get to the other topics we want to talk to uh, talk about this week. Uh, since we're speaking about WWE, uh, let's briefly discuss their Q3 earnings call, which happened this week. Uh, they announced 304.6 million in revenue uh, for this quarter, a year over year rise of 19%. Uh, the domestic uh, premium live events. Uh, we're up year over year. Money in the Bank was 17% up. SummerSlam was 20% up in viewers. And Extreme Rules was up 36% in viewers. Now, the caveat to that is Peacock is also up in viewers and, and people that have the app or whatever. So that always kind of goes hand in hand. And I don't know that we can really point to those premium live event numbers and go, oh, well, there we go. There's renewed interest. Like, just more people have Peacock. And I'm sure, like, that Extreme Rules number does stand out. That 36% up from SummerSlam, which was at 20%, like, that number does stick out. And that's probably attributed to the Bray Wyatt stuff, interest in the Bray Wyatt thing, see what was going to happen there. But, you know, ultimately those numbers, you know, without context, don't really mean a whole lot to me. The the, the premium live events being up over year, you know, a bunch year over year. I don't know. More people are using Peacock. So I, I don't know. But I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure those are pretty decent numbers. They can't be upset about those numbers at all, you know, regardless of 
of how you approach it. But, uh, you know, the revenue, big, big uh, revenue there. Uh, the more interesting stuff for me, there wasn't a whole lot else. It's like WWE makes money hand over fist every single quarter now. I mean, what are we really going to say here? Uh, but the, to me, the more interesting part was uh, some quotes uh, about the special committee that was created to investigate misconduct by Vince McMahon. They have concluded their investigation. Uh, quote, management is working with the board of directors to implement the recommendations of the special committee related to the investigation. I don't know what any of that means. There's a lot of big words there. Uh, who knows what's actually going to happen with that. But there is an interesting little uh, quote that came out of this is, uh, you know, some there, there was discussion about, you know, what does the future hold for Vince McMahon and the company? And uh, the quote was from the company that McMahon can, quote, effectively exercise control over our affairs because he is still the top shareholder. So there you go. People forget yeah, that. Yeah, he could he could decide to sell it at the snap of a finger. Yes, I mean, and and people are making an awfully big deal of the of the investigation coming to a conclusion and them not really saying anything. What more do you need to know? We know what he did. We know how much money he paid, and he quit in shame. What I I, I don't. Do you have a different take on this? No, I, mean, I agree. I don't... Like, in, uh, short of like naming names, which I don't think we need to do. I mean, if those people want to, you know, if if, if those people want to get their names out there, whatever they can, but he signed all these people to NDAs and that's, we know that we know that a bunch of people got signed to NDAs because he was, you know, behaving like an absolute animal in, in his workplace. And I mean, that's kind of the end of it. And he resigned in shame. So there we, I mean, like, there's nothing else that we really need out of this. I mean, I, if you thought that there was even more dirt, okay, you know, there really wasn't, this committee wasn't really looking for every amount of dirt that this company had. They were just looking at if did, did we, did we find everything that we can find? Do we, do we now have an idea of what was going on in our company? And effectively they do. And and now they can just kind of move on. And, and the guy that was at the head of it is no longer, you know, a regular quote unquote employee of the company. John Laurinaitis is, I, I don't know what his official status is with the company, but he probably won't be back to doing any sort of duties ever again. So I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the investigation. That's what it is. I'm with you. I like. I don't know what else people wanted uh, out of this because you know Vince resigned in shame and he's done. So you know that that's kind of the end result. And uh, it did cost them 18 million dollars uh, to do this investigation. They said on top of all the other stuff. Uh, but they said, "quote uh, 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 Mr. McMahon has agreed to pay the reasonable costs of the investigation, not covered by insurance." Why does it cost nineteen million dollars to do? Like, I'm just curious. Like, now that I would like a little bit more of a dig into of like, all right, break down that eighteen million dollars, that nineteen million dollars. Like, is that do they have to pay out more hush fund stuff? Do they have to pay out more NDAs? Did it just cost a? I mean, that's a a good gig to investigate. Did Vince McMahon have like improper relationships in the workplace? You can pay me nineteen dollars, a million dollars, and I could probably figure that out. You can pay me nineteen dollars, I'll probably figure that out, but. Um, no, well, the, the majority of that has to be the cost of the investigators, right? That's I mean, what I would assume. Yeah, I mean, is that re- is that's a pretty that's a pretty lucrative business. Yeah, I that's mean, what I'm saying. I, I, I think we're in the wrong it. business. I, I, we're in the wrong business. You know, I I don't know, you know, who you would even. I, I know nothing about it. I don't know who you would seek out to investigate something like that. I guess there's firms that do this professionally and. I, 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 it's the total. When I first read the statement, I thought I was rereading the amount of money that he paid to for the NDAs, but it was actually the cost of the investigation that the company paid out. And I was like, what the fuck? Almost $20 million was the cost. I mean, I, again, I know nothing about it. I don't know if that's considered 
an expensive investigation, a, a cheap and I, I don't know. It, but to me, for someone who knows nothing, it seemed exorbitant. I don't know. It did, but. yeah. So, uh, and Frank A. Riddick the Third, one of your favorite show WWE president, Frank A. Riddick the Third, uh, said our third quarter results include an 18 million expense associated with the cost of the company has incurred related to the investigation, which has been excluded from the adjusted OIBDA. Uh, going forward, we expect to incur additional costs. This is an interesting too. Going forward, we expect to incur additional costs related to the investigation. So it does not sound like that is over in that way. The additional costs, I don't know what that exactly means i'm going to make sure it didn't say we going forward we don't expect i thought i copied and pasted that exactly but let me let me double check to make sure uh that, that i have that quote exactly right but yeah so apparently there he is assuming there's going to be more costs involved in this uh and then just said yeah mr man has agreed to pay the reasonable cost of the investigation not covered by insurance so how about referring to laurenitis as another executive right no longer quote, with another executive yeah that's uh they yeah. couldn't just put his name i don't understand why is it always so weird with this company? Like they couldn't they couldn't put his name. Another executive no longer with the company. Uh so uh Reddick did say yeah. So the, the, his exact quote was going forward we expect to incur additional costs related to the investigation. So somehow even more costs are going to come from this thing. So I don't I also don't know. I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm very perplexed as to where all these costs are coming from, but So $8 million gate for the uh, attack at the castle or whatever the fuck they were. Clash. Clash. Castle clash. clash. What was that called? Clash. One of those, yes. <laughs> um, it's a healthy gate. That's we knew that show was a massive bad. success. Not bad, yeah. Yeah. So uh, they made a lot of money again, Rich. They yeah, it's kind of boring to do the quarterly money. stuff anymore. There's really no ju- – it's like – at the end of the day, they, they'll talk about all these things and these vertical things and these linear eyes and this. And then it's like, I mean, we just made a shit fucking ton of money because we have these huge TV deals. <laughs> and it's like sometimes we go to Saudi Arabia, we make a shit ton of money. And sometimes we go to England, and we make a shit ton of money. So it's like, I don't know, man. All right. What do you want, what do you want me to say anymore about these? So, And they, they, they re-upped the Hulu deal. So I guess that was notable for the Raw replays because um, that was something that was coming up. And um, – and, and, and up for bidding, but Hulu kept that. Uh, anything else notable from the call that you picked up on? I, or... I really didn't see much else. I mean, they they were very complimentary of the the White Rabbit story and our renewed oh, interest yeah. in our creative it's, and yeah. stuff. And it's like, all right, cool, eh, whatever. Now we got Uncle Howdy. I, I got people texting me, hey, what's with this Uncle Howdy thing? I'm like, dude, don't fucking ask me. These fan- people that tell me, oh, I love Bray Wyatt. All right, well, that's you. <laughs> you have to figure out what the fuck Uncle Howdy is. I, I am not going to spend a minute of my life trying to break down Uncle Howdy, so you enjoy that on your own. But, uh, yeah, renewed creative yeah, interest yeah. due to the White Rabbit story. Sure. And I, I guess they're going to do more of that because it did pop some quarter hours. Um, I did yeah, like, uh, so I like guess... touting that 923 show where they told you, 923, 923, something's going to happen on 923, and then nothing happened on 923. Yeah. <laughs> the total yeah. and switch. He was like, yeah, we got great numbers on that 923 for the White Rabbit thing. <laughs> they didn't deliver anything. Yeah, they you know, you most. Over, every one of you. Most fan bases would be mad at that. Their fan base eats it up. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, yeah, their fan you base... said something was going to happen, and it didn't happen, and I watched all Friday night, and it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <Fuck> yeah. <laughs> they want more of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They want more QR codes that tell you the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they can't get enough of the QR codes that say white rabbit over and over again. Um, I don't know. So I guess we could expect to see more of that. Um, anything else notable that you took away from nah. the call? I, 
I got nothing yeah. else uh, from that. But uh, I, I will say on a totally unrelated note from WWE's record-breaking financials, they have a show in Saudi Arabia this week. Uh, Joe, this weekend, Saturday afternoon, WWE Crown Jewel. Uh, there might be an attack from Iran going on this weekend, so uh, I don't know what the latest on that was. I don't I don't follow that all that much, but I do know that there was some rumblings about uh, Iran making threats to Saudi Arabia, so I don't know. It doesn't seem like a great workplace this weekend, but hey, they're there. WWE Crown Jewel, it is on Peacock, and the main event is Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul, and uh, the other Paul brother is going to be there too. Jake Paul will also be there because his uh, boxing pay-per-views are doing... Uh, real shit buys now, so I think maybe he's gonna start uh, start dipping the foot in the water of the wrestling, thinking hey, it's not a bad good, it's not a bad gig. It's guaranteed money here because yeah, the boxing thing doesn't seem like that's gonna last much longer after this. So, tell me yeah, all about I Roman Reigns and Logan Paul, Joe. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> I mean, I think it has a chance to be really good. Um, Logan Paul has done nothing but impress me every time I've seen him wrestle. And I think they could have an interesting match. You know, a lot of it's going to be how the crowd responds to to the match and, and who they rally behind and all those sorts of things. As long as there's heat, I you know, I guess it doesn't really matter who they root for. Um, and, and those crowds typically do, you know, they're pretty hot crowds, typically. For the, the big Saudi stuff crowd. they are. Yeah, the problem with, yeah. The, 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 problem with the Crown Jewel stuff and, and – and... Really, a recommendation to people if you are going to watch these shows is that sometimes it isn't the worst idea to just skip the undercard of these because they tend to not really care about the people. But when the stars come out, when your Brock Lesnar's, your Roman Reigns is, those people come out, they do react and they are hot from that point forward. They're kind of like they're somehow when the show begins, and then there's this always this like hour to hour and a half lull period uh, where there's a lot of people in the ring that they just don't give a shit about. And then when the stars really come out, that's when, when the crowd gets into it again. So I, I don't know if, if you must, if you must watch WWE crown jewel, it might not be the worst idea to just pick and choose the stuff that really matters to you. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think the main event has a chance to be, I have no reason, you know, Logan Paul has been nothing but impressive to me. So we'll yeah, it gets it, gets it too. gets wrestling, gets, gets, gets yeah. the idea of, you know, charisma, owning a ring, all that sort of stuff. So I, I'm with you. I, I, I think uh, it has a chance to be really, really good. And and Reigns, for all the, you know, criticisms I do have of him, like, you know, ultimately, the man he wrestles WWE main event yeah. style perfectly. You know, he, he's... Yeah, not- I'm not a huge fan of his... I'm not a huge fan of his work as as the, the Tribal Chief era, but he obviously has a incredible presence right now, and he's over as fuck. And, you know, um, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if I... If I end up enjoying the match, I also wouldn't be surprised if it's very gimmicked up and there's a lot of horse shit and I end up being annoyed by the match. It, with this company, it could go either way. Uh, also on the show, real quickly, uh, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson versus The Judgment Day. So, yes, obviously Gallows. Well, uh, if that's the, that, this is it. If 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 uh, Machine Gunka comes out from the curtain, we know he's not going to be in Osaka for sure. I think they've officially and, announced him as not being in Osaka anymore. I think they, they've actually, I think in New have, Japan's yes. official website, they do no longer declare that match happening. So. Yeah, they have canceled the match. That's the new... Uh... Now, if you notice, um, they have not left the match on the books for him not to show up because they were threatening to strip him if he didn't show up. Right. They have instead canceled the match which means right. he's not being stripped so for people that say oh well, why you know they don't they do but in this case they didn't he didn't he, he didn't not show up for his title defense the match is canceled so right so you have to ask yourself as i do the brian winhurst you have to ask yourself you the why two, they would the do two that fingers up you got the two fingers my up? two yeah. fingers yeah. are up why would they do that because i have heard i cannot confirm 
that there are two dates that work. And they might be able to get him in for one of those two dates. So I haven't been able to confirm that yet. But when you consider that they canceled the match, that information kind of adds up. So they may have agreed on a date where Anderson can come in and do the job. We'll see. If Now, I am not completely ruling out that he doesn't show up in Saudi Arabia and maybe there's an angle or something and... We'll, but we'll know. We'll know immediately whether you know they're going to do some kind of angle. But them canceling the match puts me at a one percent chance of showing up to Osaka to like a point zero 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 one percent chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he's not coming to now. It's almost a hundred percent certain. But the fact that they're not stripping him this weekend tells me that the rumblings I'm hearing that they have agreed on a date is probably true. Otherwise, they would just strip him because. The whole point of scheduling the match, knowing he wasn't going to be there, was to give them an out and an opportunity to strip him if they had to. And since they're not doing that, what does that tell you? Two fingers in the air. Yeah, exactly. Have, yes, yes. That's yeah, some, that, that, that they somewhere have, they've they've come to some sort of modicum of an agreement at some point soon. And then, like we said last week, if they agree to okay, let's do it on just throw out a random destruction of Bipu, you know, the, the show that you bring up, right. and then WWE pulls him. That's the point where you just go, okay, you know what? This has been fun, but like we're done here. You know what I mean? Like we tried, we got this date down, we announced it. You can't come again. We're good now. We're we're good now. But but at least give him this opportunity to find that date that does work, uh, and and build up a story with this, and then yeah, figure out what you're gonna do. But yeah, th- it's like this is the last chance now. Now if they announce a date or whatever, or they have a date in mind and it doesn't work, then then we're good. We we just move on to to something else. Yeah, and look, and I'm not telling you that I like any of this or I give a shit about. The Carl Anderson never title drama. I'm not telling you that, and I'm not telling you, but I'm still kind of surprised at the weird reactions fans are having. That's they're, they're so mad at this. It's just a pro wrestling angle. What are you so mad at? I don't that that part I don't understand. Like, am I juiced up about all of this and excited to see the eventual Hikuleo match? No, I can't tell you I am, but I'm also not angry at this. Like, it's just a pro wrestling angle, and he's gonna either show up and do the match or he's not, and that's gonna be that. But you would think that New Japan is, uh, you know, ruining. First of all, people claim they don't even care about this Never title. So which is it? Are they ruining the sanctity of the ever prestigious Never, <laughs> never title? Open weight title. Or yeah. yeah, like what's happening here? So it's like. Well, and then I see like know, ah, there, it's, it's just a lot of work for Carl. It's not that much work. They <laughs> just announce a match. Yeah, the match how, it's happen. not any work. Hikaleo yeah, says you're a coward. Carl Anderson says, I'll show up when I want to show up. And then eventually he'll either show up and Hikaleo will beat him or he doesn't show up. And Hikaleo says, see, I knew you were a coward. And then the title moves to Hikaleo. Like, it's not that much work. It's okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I don't know why everyone's wound up about it. And at minimum, the Carl Anderson Hikaleo feud is getting a million times more attention than it would have if he just showed up and did the fucking match. So... New Japan comes out ahead here because everyone is con- no one can stop talking about this. So from that standpoint, whoever's idea it was, yeah, it worked out. It's great. a pretty good idea. Yeah, pat yourself on the back because you got a lot of attention for the Never Open Way title, which would have had no no attention whatsoever. If they stripped Carl Anderson of the title, nobody would have ever. If they if Carl Anderson signed with WWE and they immediately stripped him of the title, nobody would ever think about it. And this Hikuleo Yujiro match or whatever this weekend, nobody would give two shits about. It. Yeah, so whatever this we're talking about, is we're worth, previewing which, Crown Jewel. We're not even previewing the New Japan show yet, and we're talking. We about talk it. about it every week, <laughs> like it doesn't go away. It's a story, you know. And so you know, whatever that's worth, which might not be much to be completely honest, but whatever that's worth is it. It has worked, 
So anyway, um, they will be in. Is this Jeddah or Riyadh? This is, uh, I believe, this one is. We talked about that last week. We figured out what the we difference did. between the Jeddah and the Riyadh ones are. Uh, with that said, I don't remember which one this is in. I believe this is Rihad. This one. This is in Rihad. Uh, All right. Is. So, uh, not that I like. Like I know the difference between <laughs> Rihad and Jeddah. I will admit that I don't really know. Uh, that's on a different. No, I just those are the only two cities I know, yeah, and I yeah, know that yeah. they run they run shows in both cities, and I wasn't sure which city it was in. That's all. There we go. So uh, that is uh, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson versus The Judgment Day, yeah. Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, a steel cage match. Oh, I could hardly contain my excitement for the steel Listen, cage match. I'll watch those two guys fight in a cage. I, that that I no, mean, they're not in a cage. No, I wish Brock Lesnar, and Bobby Lashley were in a cage. Joe, oh, who's in the they're cage? not in a cage. No, the cage is Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. Ah, nuts. Yes, See, I agree. I now, am, I it, thought Brock I, and Bobby Lashley Now, those are cage, two men sir. I lock into a cage. Those are two animals I lock into a cage and let them destroy one another. Yes, I'm with yeah. you. Fallen Prey guy and ching, 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 sword guy is not the ones that I do that to. But Well, nevertheless. Yeah, uh, Steel Cage. After, the he- after their amazing match at Extreme Rules, the only thing that could possibly end this feud is a Steel Cage match. So, yeah, there you go. Um, Braun Strowman, the match that's uh, – who would uh, – uh, what? Uh, Masked Stat Man and, and Cruise Control no, no, no. needed more stories, right? Yeah, Stack Guy Greg is very excited about this one. Yeah, but the other guys are not. Stack Guy Greg's on the good side of this, right? No, do- Dopey Pete says this doesn't have enough <laughs> of a story, story for him. It needs more story. Uh, Braun Strowman and Omos. Yes. That is also Two giants going at it. Taking yes. place at Crown Jewel. Last Woman Standing, one of my favorite match types. They just can never get enough of these. Bianca Belair versus Bailey. I hope they hit each other with kendo sticks, trash cans, and then I can hear a referee go seven <laughs> and for twenty straight minutes. I can't wait. I'm excited. While wearing their long sleeve shirts, <laughs> right? Correct. Yeah, yes. in in Saudi Arabia. Eight. So, um, <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. And and what has been one of the worst feuds on TV in all of wrestling? Oh, no. It's been awful. Yeah. So bad. Damage yeah. control. Uh, we'll talk to th- about them in a little bit. WWE Tag Team will. Titles. Well, we will because Damage Control also on this Crown Jewel show. WWE Tag Team Titles. The Usos versus the Brawling Brutes of Ridge Holland and Butch. Well, I'll give that every chance. That, that sounds be good, good as hell. That sounds good to yeah. me. So I'm into that. Uh, and then your final match for the women's Tag Team Titles. Yes, two women's matches on this Crown Jewel show. Alexa Bliss and Asuka defending their newly won tag team titles against Damage Control. Uh, can we talk about Damage Control's uh, tag team title reign as well? <laughs> a terrible, hideous uh, yeah. title reign here. They uh, That's a team that just never wins, ever. It's a strange way to build them, but, uh, you know. Yeah, that feud stinks. Damage Control um, has been just a total flop. And honestly, a lot of it's been the booking, you know. They just never win. Uh, they don't win any matches. Yeah. They lose all the time. It's, it's- it's a feud where everyone just spins their wheels and nothing happens and no one gets over and it just hasn't been good. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. The, on, on paper, this 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 show has some matches that look pretty interesting. The one thing you always have to factor in for with the Saudi shows is effort levels yeah, because we've seen some Saudi shows where they totally mail it in and, and don't do anything. And other shows where they've worked hard. But there have definitely been some Saudi shows where the crew is just get in, get out, and you know as few bumps as possible short matches so but this isn't really there's not a million matches on this one either so 
um, you know, we'll see. It, it, it's all going to depend on the effort levels. Absolutely. So that that's Crunchyroll. I think it's on twelve Eastern on Saturday. I want to say on, on the on the Peacock. Uh, so this this is why you have four TVs in the den, so you don't have to miss a second of the action. Yeah, watch college football. What's what's the big uh, college football game this week? You know, off the top of your head, uh, I, I, I don't. At I don't noon, know. head to head with this or overall? Just overall. Just overall. Tennessee at Georgia. Tennessee CBS okay. three thirty. I'm allowed to believe that Tennessee's good this year, right? Like, really good. Legit good, right? Yeah. Yeah, win the title. That's yeah, been a while. Tennessee right? at Georgia. Okay, and that's 330 ESPN. There it is. Gary Daniels. Brad Nessler. <laughs> oh, I love, I love a good Brad Nessler. Good song, too. Yeah, yeah. That's a great song. Yeah, that's going to work. All right. So that's Crown Jewel. That's on Peacock. Speaking of streaming wrestling, this is an interesting note here. Fight Plus. So Fight TV... Uh, ramping up their Fight Plus uh, uh, subscription service. Now, they've had this for a while. A lot of people have not subscribed to it um, in, uh, in the wrestling sphere. I think it has it has a lot of MMA and a lot of boxing on it, and it had some wrestling on it. Uh, but essentially, you could pay a flat monthly fee or a flat, uh, flat yearly fee and get everything that they were adding to the Fight Plus uh, with that. But what happened is this week, uh, they added a little bit of a different wrinkle to the Fight Plus uh, offering here. Uh, GCW added to the mix. Uh, they are going to join now. Black Label Pro also joined in. Glory Pro Wrestling, OVW, House of Glory, Maryland Championship Wrestling, and AIW are also all now on uh, Fight Plus. So some of those were already there. I'm just including everybody that's now uh, on Fight Plus. But what's more interesting about this, and, and it, the other companies really don't matter that much. Black Label Pro, uh, obviously they were on IWTV, so you could get them from a flat fee anyway. Glory Pro Wrestling, same with them. Uh, some of these other ones similar. What's interesting for GCW, though, is they went from selling essentially one to two, because they feel like they run every fucking weekend, one to two $15 pay-per-views every single weekend to now being a part of, a part of Fight Plus's $4.99 per month or $49.99 per year plan that you can subscribe to. So this, it's is interesting. So they are, are are obviously like, I I guess, how do you react to this news? Is this, were you kind of surprised or taken aback that, that they're, you know, kind of, saying, hey, look, we have the opportunity to sell $15 pay-per-views once or twice a week, but instead we'd rather just get a lump sum. We'll just be a part of this package. And ultimately, for if you're a fan of GCW, like you're making out like a bandit. Like If you were buying all these shows, you were going to be doing very, very well because now all you need to pay is either $50 per year or, or, or 5 bucks per month or whatever. But from GCW's standpoint, they have to be getting like a guaranteed bag from Fight, right? Oh, yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't make any financial sense. Right. Because you know they're they're taking, it only costs four ninety nine a month, and they were charging you know whatever it was nine ninety nine per show or whatever the fuck. So obviously, fight is throwing money at these promotions, and you know this could end very badly. I mean, this could. Um, I definitely got you flow know, sports in my in my head here, and 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 the thing that like it doesn't look like it's going to. I mean, they they have they're they're obviously giving these companies a lump sum or whatever. It, Definitely GCW getting a very large lump sum to say, hey, look, cash in on these $15 pay-per-views. It's also possible, too, that the momentum of GCW's pay-per-views were kind of slow down, slowing down a little bit, where this now made more financial sense. Say, hey, look, we're not selling that many of these pay-per-views, so let's just go to this service, and then we'll probably get a lot of people that tangentially follow GCW, but are willing to pay $5 per month, but aren't going to throw down $30 a weekend to watch these shows or whatever. Well, if you're a GCW fan, this is uh, this is huge. Oh, it's the I mean, best this deal is, you could possibly have. Yeah, yeah, this is great. I mean, you're going to save so much money, and you're going to have access to every show plus the back, the you know what 
whatever they have in the back catalog, which I don't think is every single show, but it's a lot of shows. And you're going to save a shit because again, you don't have to spend fourteen ninety nine per show. You could spend four ninety nine per month. Um, I w- I can't assess. You know, obviously, Game Changer and these other promotions feel like whatever money they're being paid up front is more advantageous to them than the, than what they were doing before. Which means, you know, but I can't really assess that unless I know, you know, what the difference is and and how much money they're being given. I'm just. Look, if if fight doesn't get doesn't hit whatever subscriber number the budget calls for based on what they're paying all of these promotions, this could end very badly. And then we could see all these promotions once again scrambling to find homes for their shows. But this is two or three steps down the line. Right. Okay. Right, right. right now they're getting that bag of money and 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 everyone's gonna I mean a bunch of people are gonna subscribe to this now and, and it's gonna look good. Yeah. But yeah, ultimately deep down. And that and that's you know, because the other thing about this too is that the you're you're sharing this pie with all of fight and their MMA, all of fight and their boxing, all of fight. And they have a lot of other things here on this fight plus that now you get, which is cool and great. And okay. I get to watch all this sort of stuff, but that's also slicing the pot of what everybody is getting. So fight is, but, see, but we, but we don't know. See, are they slicing up a pie or are they just getting an upfront payment? And no matter right. how many buy. Yeah. That, that's right. Possible too, right. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, we don't know that they're chopping up, um, the proceeds or if they're I presume that they're just getting paid a lump sum X amount of dollars and then fight is keeping the entire rake and fights gamble is they've budgeted for whatever they've budgeted for and they think the total number of subscriptions is going to go above and beyond what they're paying these promotions. That's what I think is happening here. Sure. That's what makes sense to me, it, you know, rather than a chopping up the pie. Now, what what got confusing is in a lot of the releases and a lot of the descriptions it says the nwa is included now i'm someone who actually has a subscription same price it's nwa is 4.99 a month or 49.99 for the year and and you get all of the all three television shows and all of the pay-per-views for that price so for someone who covers it it made total sense for me just to plunk down the 50 bucks because that pays for itself with the pay-per-views alone right so but this claims it included the NWA. Now, me as an NWA subscriber, I said, now, hold on a minute. I'm getting ripped off now because I'm paying $49.99 for the year, but I'm only getting one promotion. Meanwhile, someone can pay $49.99 and get all of these promotions plus the NWA. But people did some research in our Discord, and it looks like the NWA stuff is is very old archived stuff and not the current – um, like the, the, the NWA, it doesn't include the pay-per-views and, oh, okay, and things okay, like okay. that. So the NWA deal is still independent of this new bundle deal. So if you wanted all the NWA, if you wanted the end you'd have to pay a hundred dollars a year to get to, to get the NWA and the bundle deal. So just so people aren't confused, if people think that they can get the NWA pay-per-views with this bundle deal, from what I understand, people who are paying for the bundle say that that's not true. So, um, and I checked my subscription and the only things unlocked for me are the NWA content. So I don't have any of that stuff unlocked and the people who have the new bundle don't have any of the NWA stuff unlocked, the pay-per-views and whatnot. So just if there are any listeners read that and got confused, the NWA, I think is still separate. Yeah. Yeah. It better yeah. be, or I'm going to be very upset. I mean, I'm <laughs> yeah, you should be as you should be. 
But I mean, I'm probably still never going to watch a Game Changer show, but but it's good to have the access to it. Yeah, you never. It's good know. to have the access. Yeah, right. you pay right. for the, you pay your four ninety nine or month. You you know, give me some access. So I get that. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I, I it does not feel like there's a bunch of other promotions ready to sign up just yet. This feels like this is the rollout, and who knows what's going to happen down the line. But you know, if some other promotions then you know saying well, that plenty you know, of jumped. I mean, plenty of jumped. Yeah, um, oh, I yeah, yeah. Some have stayed. I mean, some have come out and said they're staying with IWTV. Um. You know, so, and I know that their deal is they pay per hour watched. They pay like 20 cents per hour watched to the promotions or something. Um, you know, nobody's getting rich off of, of of that, off of that kind of deal. So I think that's why a lot of them are jumping to this, you know, but, but in order for you to do that, fight has to offer you, like fight has to want you. Right. You know what I mean? It's so there's that factor too. Um, so we're kind of in this weird I don't want to call it a streaming war, but um you know, we, we are seeing some promotions defect from IWTV and hop in with this fight thing. Yeah, it, I think it's Black, a whole different it's Black a different Black Pro Yeah, Black Label Pro jumped over, Glory Pro Wrestling jumped over as well. Yeah, it's because it was like, you know, there were companies and GCW has been on fight for a while, but they you know they it felt like okay, you have IWTV, which is like this hub of indie wrestling that you can pay, you know, nine 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 a month or whatever, pay pay your monthly fee or whatever, and you're gonna be able to get all of these different promotions. When they have another company kind of doing the same thing, but undercutting it in terms of the price and also adding, you know, hey, you can get uh, slap fight and uh, bare knuckle fighting league and all this. So you know, they're adding a bunch of other stuff to it. But like you said, we, we've we've kind of upset the 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 stability that indie wrestling streaming had for a, for a long amount of time now uh, and, and and sort of changed the game in terms of pricing and all that sort of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how other companies follow up if if this is, you know, more companies start joining Fight Plus. What, what's going to happen with it? But, you know, ultimately, who knows? Like, like I'm with you that I think this all sounds like it's going to end badly. Uh, I just, you know, you look at Fight's business, you know, the, the, the larger business of Fight and Triller, who, who owns it or whatever, like, it's not exactly the most stable business in, in ways. So I'm sure that this is like, you know, like you said, they, they've probably baked in. Okay, we get X amount of subscriptions. Then all these deals are going to be fine. At the end of the day, it's just like chasing subscriber growth, chasing data, chasing users, all that sort of stuff. And then eventually you just kick the can down the road uh, until you can't keep kicking it anymore. And then you just go out of business and go away. And I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen with these guys. But it's just kind of, I don't know, with the, a lot of these streaming networks, unless you have just this this undying infrastructure that you're going to just, no, 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 we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. These, they, they're all losing fucking tons of money. I mean, look at go look at how much money Peacock's losing every single month. Like, it is absurd the amount of money that Peacock is losing. But, you know, they're just... Well, maybe, maybe Fight wasn't doing well, and these are Hail Mary options to try to kickstart and turn it around. I, I, don't, I don't know. And it's impossible, as I said, it's impossible to assess it without knowing what kind of money they're dishing out for this content. Right. But for then, you right now as the end user, you shouldn't give a shit. If you like GCW, no. bit.ly slash VOW dash yeah. plus. I will link it in there. Or go to voicesofwrestling.com slash fight. A great deal for you. If you like yeah. Black Label Pro, Glory Pro, House of Glory, Maryland Championship Wrestling, AIW, or GCW, Four ninety nine per month. You are uh, doing quite well. So yeah, voicewrestling.com slash fight. You don't have to care about just what does Triller's money look like, or hey, how's the revenue streams of Triller? It doesn't matter to you right now. You're going to get cheaper wrestling yeah. than you got before. Take advantage of it while you can. Right. You know, it's 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 a really good deal. Four ninety nine a month, and just get the. I would just get the. I'd pay the forty nine ninety nine. I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fifty bucks, and you're you done know. with it for the year. That's 
yeah, why not save the twelve dollars or whatever That's it comes what, out three, to? Four, yeah, four, you know, just under, just over three GCW shows that you were going to buy anyway. Now you're going to get every single one they ever run. So, yeah, right. Seems seems right. Silly Which is why I opted for it with NWA. I'm buying all those pay per views anyway. Then yeah, why not yeah, just you're, pay forty nine? You know, so yeah, no, it's it's take advantage of it while you can, and you know. Maybe more, you know, we'll know quickly if it's if it's working or not. If more promotions, if they if 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 they try to entice more promotions to to, to make the jump, um, you know, and for IWTV, it can't be good to be losing these promotions, um, you know. But again, I, you know, I I I don't know what the typical IWTV subscriber is is paying for. I I can only conclude that the promotions that they feature prominently at the top of their page are the ones that are making them the most or that are, that are generating the most uh, viewer hours. Oh, sure. Right. Like, so, you know, if you want to base it off of that and when they start, the more promotions they lose that out of the featured promotions that they have at the top of their, I mean, that's the way, the only way you can gauge it. I mean, we could ask them, but a lot of times that's proprietary stuff. They're not going to talk about, you know, they're not going to tell a podcast, you know, which promotions they're, they're going to keep a lot of that stuff guarded because we're going to come on the air and talk about it. So it's but that that would be the best way that you can tell the ones that they're featuring at the top of their page. I mean, there's a reason when you go on their page, it's not sorted alphabetically. Right. They're, they're trying to they're, they're putting their most popular stuff at the top. And then you if you want to sort it alphabetically, you got to do that on your own. So, um that's really the only way you'd be able to gauge something like that. So I don't know how much damage this is going to do to them, you know, and, and obviously though, for these promotions that have jumped, whatever lump sum they were offered is, is above and beyond whatever they were making on, you know, the, the per hour payment system of IWTV. Right. So just something to keep an eye on uh, for the future of a uh, streaming independent wrestling, but uh, as, as, uh, biggest big change we've had, uh, biggest change we've had in, in quite a while for that. So we'll see what ends up uh, happening with that. And, if anything goes, uh, yeah, the future holds for for that. But uh, let's move on to Processing Noah. They're on Wrestle Universe, Wrestle-Universe.com. You can get Processing Noah DDT and uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro for one low price every single month. Uh, and because of that, I was able to watch the October thirtieth show uh, from Noah. It's uh, it was the Return Pro Wrestling Love Forever Three Triumph show. Joe, this was uh, Noah's October thirtieth show. Uh, it uh, had some noteworthy stuff that we are going to definitely have to talk about here. Uh, highlights included Kojima and Sagira successfully defending their titles uh, against Nakajima and Kano. I thought that was a really fun, good match. I enjoyed that one. Uh, the result, a little interesting, but uh, when you see the result of the main event, uh, not too, uh, too too surprising there either. Uh, you had Keiji Mudo uh, teaming with uh, fellow Noah wrestlers Marufuji and Inamura, and they faced Great Bashiel and Hiroshi Tanahashi as well. Uh, I thought that was a, a fun match for what it was, too. Uh, but we are going to start off by talking about the main event here, uh, GCW Heavyweight Title Match. Kaito Kiyomiya defeating Kaz Fujita in 24 minutes and zero uh, and six seconds, I should say. And uh, it featured a very, very interesting conclusion, Joe. A very interesting end uh, to that match. What did you make of the match first? Then we'll talk about the uh, very bizarre final sequence. Well, the match was terrible. Um it wasn't any good. The, the the final minute or so where it really picked up and Fujita was putting a beating on Kiyomiya, it started to get interesting. But um, they went right to the finish before it could redeem 
you know, the first 20 minutes or so where it was just, you know, Fujita at this point is just a terrible pro wrestler. He has trouble moving around. Um, he doesn't really get crowd reactions. He has no connection with the crowd and he's just not very good. And as good as Kiyomiya is, he's not, you know, nobody can just Fujita is almost impossible to carry to a good match unless you just let him beat the shit out of you. Like that, that's the only way that it's going to, do you remember the Okada Tenru match and, you know, Tenru's retirement match and he was so old and physically destroyed that Okada made a business decision in the middle of that match. He's like, okay, I have to let this man beat me up or this match is just going to be a complete right, disaster. Right. We talked about how you could tell in the ring that something got said and he just said, like, fucking lay it in, man. Just beat just, me. Just <laughs> fuck punch me up. Me. Just punch and me because we got to do this to make this work. Because we can't work effectively because you can't do this anymore. That's kind of like like Fujita's not nearly as decrepit as Tenru was at that point, but it isn't that far off, to be completely honest. Uh, effort level's about and, the same, too, so... Well, yeah, his effort levels are just, you know, he just isn't very good and he's old and he's beaten up and and the match stunk. And then, you know, they do the flash pin finish where Kiyomiya uses the, um, you know, the uh, the Muta's fucking whatever the fuck, you know, we're terrible at the moves, the Frankensteiner, you know, and, and with the idea that he learned it from Muto because, you know, that's his the terrible storyline that they've saddled him with. Where he's just a, um, you know, um, carbon copy of Muto instead of being himself, um, and and so he gets the flash pin. But then Fujita, of course, you know, he kicks out early. It's not he's, a definitive the, pin at he all. He is kicking out at like two point three. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's, there's the three point one kick out. That's like, all right, dude, come on, like lay down for a little bit more. There's the you know you're moving around at three. This guy at two point one. This guy is like shaking around and moving or whatever. And they have to, yeah, his shoulders weren't on the mat, and no, he's Kimi moving is around, holding him down as much as he can. One, two, three. The announcers go, oh well, yeah, he got him, he got him. you know, because it's like they don't know because it seems so weird because he's just moving. He's basically up. He's not. His shoulders aren't down. And yeah, and then very similar to the Muto match too. Like it ends, you know, the 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 image that you see is Kiyomiyo in a in a pile of his own sweat, sitting in the ring, you know, just trying to compose himself. And the guy that he just beat is standing upright, arguing with the referee or leaving the ring as he's right. You know, in and his then the story, of sweat. Became, yeah, right. The story became Fujita complaining that he wasn't down for the three count. Not shoving the referee and stuff. I wasn't down. I wasn't down. Yeah. Pushing the referee, arguing with the referee and storming out of the ring under full power, not beat up at all. And he did kick out. Honestly, his shoulders weren't on the mat and the champion who quote unquote won, like you're saying, laying in a exhausted, exasperated in a puddle of sweat, looking like he just got the shit kicked out of him. So it was one of those classic matches where, somebody won but they didn't get put over and fujita came out of it looking like he quote unquote lost but really won because he beat the shit out of the guy and the and the finish and the pin was bullshit and it's the same essentially the same finish that fujita did with el hio uh dr wagner jr in the n1 tournament where he kicked out it too the referee counted three. He popped up and complained. It's because Fujita, when he doesn't respect you, and if you're not one of his old pals or an old shooter or someone up from his generation, 
he doesn't respect you. If he doesn't respect you, he isn't going to lose to you clean. He doesn't respect El Hio del Dr. Wagner Jr. He doesn't respect Kito Kiyomiya, even though he's the champion of the promotion. So he's not going to do clean jobs, these guys. He's done like three or four uh, singles losses since he's been with Noah. And all of them, and the only people he lost clean to were Masakatsu Funaki, an old shooter and one of his pals, and Masato Tanaka, a, an old guy from his generation. Right. He'll lose to those guys, but he's not losing to anyone else. He's not, I should say, he's not putting anyone yeah, else he'll, over. He'll lose to them. Yeah, we, we need to make a distinction. People saying, well, he, he won. Kiyomiya beat him. He won. Dude, we've been watching this wrestling shit for long enough to know when you see that result, when when that's how the finish of the match ends, that's not that that's that's you putting the guy over. That's politicking 101. That's pro wrestling politicking 101. Yes, you lost the match, but come on. You're the one standing up. You didn't go down for 3. You got up before the other guy. That, that's that's Yeah, you popped right up. That's run of the mill stuff. Know, We've been through this fucking you, thing before. You know, you don't have to explain wrestling to us. Yeah. We know what this is. And we know what he's doing here. Yeah, and and, and the thing about Fujita, and this is what makes him different than Keiji Muto or some of these other guys. The thing about Fujita is he's never been good. He's never been a draw. He's never been over, ever. You know, even 20 years ago, you know, in, in, in pro wrestling. And it so it's even more frustrating when it's him. And, you know, if you want to tell me that, you know, if Noah PR wants to, you know, uh, tell people that because Adam Summers of the Big Audio Nightmare, okay, that's yeah, great show. They've been doing a, a Japanese wrestling podcast for what fifteen years now, basically. So here, point. yeah. So Adam here's the background. Him, yeah. Adam and Adam and Mike Sempervivi have been doing Big Audio Nightmare. They are like one of the, along with Joe Gagne and some others, among the Godfathers of wrestling podcasting. They've been doing that show since before they. I think it was even called podcasts. You know what I mean? It was like. Um, that's how long that show's existed. And they're like the godfathers of Japanese pro wrestling audio coverage. Okay. They've been doing it forever. And they know a thing or two about Japanese pro wrestling. And Adam, you know, watched this match. And like anybody else who uh, has any common sense or knows anything about how wrestling works or how no- knows anything about how these old shooters operate or knows anything about how the politics of Noah operate, he buried it. He buried this bullshit match with this bullshit finish and had a very well thought out long thread on Twitter talking about it. And he's someone who, when he talks, whether I agree with them or not, he's someone who's been doing this a long time. And I know he's coming from a place of knowledge and he knows what he's talking about. Okay. And uh, he rightfully buried all of this. And uh, then we had the Noah PR guy, Justin Nipper, um, you know, and, and that guy's paid by Noah. The cat's out of the bag for a while. Nobody knew. But he admits it now that he's Noah PR. It's right there in his bio. He works for Noah. He takes money from pro wrestling Noah, which means anything he says has no credibility. But he quote tweets Adam. I, I will say, uh, if folks go, we get all of his emails and stuff too. And he does a great job of doing PR for Noah in, in English language. Like, it's great. We get the emails. We know all the matches. We know everything that's going on. Like, we get images. We get all that sort of stuff. It, it, he's doing his job quite well. I'll say that. But. That- that's fine, but, but what yes, I don't you, you need... You lose the objectability to... You the, lose the objectivity, and objectivity what I don't what I need... Say, yeah. yeah, what I don't need is paid PR, quote-tweeting, someone respected like Adam Summers, and then trying to explain Japanese wrestling to him. That's a joke. You can't teach him anything about Japanese wrestling, especially when you're paid PR. And you could try to spin this into 
This is the story Noah's telling. It's a story of Kiyomiya overcoming a monster. And that ridiculous thing that he said, where he said if Kiyomiya would have definitively beaten Fujita, the fans in Ariakai would have walked out of the building. You know what? You need to pipe down. I know you're paid PR, but that is such a ridiculous statement. That is beyond ridiculous. Nobody would have walked out of the building if the champion of the promotion beat a 50-year-old man. Don't try to Japanese wrestling explain people who have been watching this stuff for decades and could teach you something if you wanted to sit down and take a lesson. That was insulting to me, and he didn't even say it to me. Okay? He said it to Adam. But that's nonsense. And I don't need other paid NOAA employees popping into our Discord to disrespect me and question my credibility. Like Pickering did the other day. Pickering coming in to our Discord out of nowhere to bring up some old ancient Yohei story and try to and try to question my credibility. And and, and flash question. Again, you're a paid employee. I don't want to hear from you. Pipe down. If you have information for me and you want to dispute something I reported, my DMs are open, pal. You got an invite. Come on this show and challenge me. Open invitation. This is what I told them. No question my credibility. Why? Because we don't like the booking of this company. Okay? I don't I don't like that. I don't like the way these paid employees of Noah are reacting to some criticism. Okay? It's not our fault the booking of the place you work, work for stinks and that we see through it. That's not our fault. It's our job to be critics. You can't take offense to that. You got to have thicker skin. You can't explain anything to Adam. Are you kidding me? With your nonsense, nobody's buying it. It's garbage, Rich. And I know you don't. You're probably mad at me right now. But no, I, no, I, no, I'm, I'm not. I mad took at you. offense to that. <laughs> yeah. You go come in and question my credibility on that Yohei thing. Yeah, there was somebody don't. not that long ago, and I forget who it was. Who uh, Alan was was talking about? Alan Cunahan, Alan Forel was talking about Noah booking. Uh, and somebody was trying to explain, like, Noah to him. I was like, you do not explain the history of fucking pro wrestling Noah to Alan Cunahan. Like, no, you don't. he explains it to you. That guy's been talking about doing podcasts about pro wrestling for 20 years now at this point. I've been covering, like, no, you don't get to come in and say, well, actually, Alan, the way it works is, no, 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 that's not how it works. And it was rooted in, it was rooted in the same thing of, like, there, there, and, and we will say this, too. Noah has been upfront about wanting people to be... Not just their, the, the PR people, not the people that work for the company. They've sent out feelers for, hey, we want to have like paid fans that will will promote Noah across the way. You know, we'll, 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 we want people that you know will promote the processing Noah and talk about processing Noah and review processing Noah and all that sort of stuff. And they're willing to do, and they that's a, a, an initiative that they have tried to do this year, which is a good initiative. It's a smart initiative, but you have to see that. You now have to see that and realize, okay, well, if I'm hearing this processing Noah stuff, and 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 people are, are are being very very positive about something that most other people are like, I don't know, that's kind of weird. You got to ask questions. You got to at least think about it a little bit. And that's just that's Noah's done that to themselves, and it's it's definitely not helping when you're having you know their, their PR people try to tell you, no, no, you're actually wrong. This is the right thing to do because this is why, and, and trying to explain that like nobody would believe that uh, Kiyomiya could oh. beat Fujita, you know, because because this guy won MMA fights 22 years ago or whatever. It's like eh, come on. All man. right, well, 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 Justin Nipper, who's again I stress is paid by the promotion, also came into our Discord to tell me that I was full of shit. And I don't know what I'm talking about. And Fujita, 
you know, in, in terms of Fujita refusing to doing jobs and those sorts of things. Well, my reaction to that would be, and I think this is fair game since he's paid by the promotion. Okay. This is not a civilian, so to speak. So uh, if he can dish it out, he can take it. Uh, my, my reaction to that is, if this is the way that this is booked, and 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 if we are to believe that uh, Kaz Fujita, that Iron old Ironhead Fujita is in the back begging to put over Kato Kiyomiya, and uh, I would love to put it. If we are to uh, okay, let's if we are to believe that, okay, and that, that this is not him refusing to do things the right way, and this is just the way that the story is booked. Well, that doesn't work either because then the story fucking sucks. Right. Then at the, the end of the day, you can terrible. argue with me if you want, but the story fucking sucks, and I hate it. And, right. hi- and history will tell us that these stories right, never. We're going to be right about this in the end. Kato Kiyomiya has now, uh, he, when he when he quote unquote beat Masakatsu Funaki, Funaki not only no sold the first two finisher attempts, but he popped up after the finish, slapped Kiyomiya in the face, and then stormed out of the ring. Right. Okay. okay? I got one. Good. That's not putting someone over in any regard. And if it's a story, the story fucking sucks. Number two was Muto. After beating Kiyomiya repeatedly like a drum over and over and over, Kiyomiya, fi- Kiyomiya finally gets the win. And we talked about it extensively. People love the audio because we were passionate about it. And it's really when we hand-waved even bothering to give a shit about Noah anymore. Uh, Muto uh, no-sells the figure four, uh, you know, gives up, pops right up, doesn't endorse the kid. Right after he beats him, he pops right up and leaves the Kiyomiya ring. Mia is trying so desperately to get a handshake. Mia has to get. He's leave running the after ring. the guy, saying, "No, no, no! Don't leave the ring! Come no. back! Come back! <laughs> Please come!" Then back. Muto begrudgingly ac- acknowledges the kid with a little tap hug. Yeah, and and continues storming out of the building. That's not putting someone over. Okay, and now we have Fujita with this nonsense, kicking out before the three count, popping right up while Kiyomiya is still the one selling in the ring. Even though he quote unquote won, popping right up, beating up the ref, complaining about his shoulders not being down like he did to the uh, to the luchador in the end one. Same old bullshit. Uh, if you want to, uh, you know, PR and people paid by the promotion might want to pretend and try to sell us that uh, that that this isn't these older wrestlers going into business for themselves and desperately clinging to their last uh, piece of relevance and their we've their last paychecks, their last opportunity. Yeah, with They're, some of these it, same people, we've seen this. Some already. of the same people. You you can try to sell that shit to some of the rubes, some of the teenage pro fans on Twitter who might buy that nonsense. You're not pulling the wool over people like Adam's eyes. You're not pulling the wool over Alan Cunahan's eyes, and you're not pulling the wool over our eyes. So this is what I have to say to the Justin Nippers and the Mark Pickering. Save it. Don't waste your time with me. You're wasting your breath with me. I know the score. I know what's going on. I know that this shit sucks. Okay? And I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Whether it's a story being told or whether it's this guy or whether it's the reality of the situation, it sucks either way. It sucks either way. And history tells us it sucks. It's awful. It's awful. Okay? So don't try to pearl-splain people like us. It's not going to fly. Not here. And don't ever question my credibility. You, you, it, 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 I don't have credibility. You think I get things wrong? Then you go get them right. Go do it. Go do the work. Okay? Don't question me. My shit's all in black and white. People can go read it. Nobody hits everything. Nobody in this business bats a thousand. Not Dave Meltzer. Not Sean Ross Sapp. Not Joe Lanza. 
okay? But if it wasn't for me, people wouldn't get any news out of Japan. Meltzer's not doing it. Sap's not doing it, okay? And if you don't like what I'm putting out there, if you don't think it's true, it's all black and white. Go read all my old reports. 99% of it, 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 it's there. I shouldn't even have to have this conversation. It's there. The people who read it know, okay? And this idea that you're just going to pop in and bring up this Yohei thing, and for people who don't know what I'm talking about, you know, I, I wrote an article that said Yohei's contract was up and he was leaving Noah. One hour later, Rich, and it's still there. And you can pull it up and read it if you want. You can read it to the audience if you want. One hour later, when I got additional information and clarification, because this shit's not easy. You're dealing with English as a second language. You're dealing with go-betweens, people translating for you, Google translating. You're, you're dealing with a lot of things. It's not easy. One hour later, when I got clarification on what I wrote, I posted a correction in that article that said he wasn't leaving the company, he would be finishing up his bookings, and he was open to working with the company in the future as a freelancer. So Pickering trying to tell me that I don't have any credibility because Yohei never stopped working for Noah. Well, I never said he was going to stop working for Noah. Go read what I wrote. It's right there. And then Pickering trying to tell me that I can't admit when I'm wrong. Mark, I admitted I was wrong in the article you're talking about. <laughs> I posted a correction admitting yeah. I was wrong. That's, I mean, come on, keep up. The thing that you're citing was me admitting, was posting a correction and admitting I was wrong. So I don't like my credibility challenged. I don't like it. Like I said, you don't like something I said. You know that it's incorrect. You have additional information. My DMs are open. My email is available. I'm right here. I'd love for you to come talk to me. Come tell me what, what's wrong. Give me new contacts. And, and the funniest thing about it is, listen, maybe I went hard. I called the guy a clown. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, you did call him a clown. Yeah. But, but he questioned my yeah. credibility. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know, yeah. It's, it's funny, though, because, you know, I will never, ever, ever reveal a source. You don't do that. But if this dude knew the source, that <laughs> would be the punchline to all of this. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. But don't ever question my credibility. Got a problem with something I report? I'm not hard to find, and I'm all ears. But don't pop in and tell me that I got it all wrong. Or tell me what it's all wrong then. Come tell me. I'll listen to you. That, that's a pro wrestling one on one thing too, and that, that's not even just just these guys. It's not just no. It's 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 all of like you know we we get you, you talk about Carl Fredericks a lot. You know no no one's you know no one's saying the truth. No one's saying the truth. okay. What's the truth then, buddy? <laughs> like all right, you know that's that's a constant thing in wrestling is like ah that's wrong. Oh you know the the wrestlers with their gifts or whatever. No you know don't don't listen to what this guy's saying. Ah that's all false or whatever. Okay, well you have a giant platform. Tell people what the real truth is. Yeah. You know, like, go ahead. If you, I want to get it right. I right, posted right. a correction. Us. We will correct it. Rich, yeah, yeah. One hour later, one hour later, when people read it and got back to me and said, no, 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 you missed. I, I posted. Did I not post a correction? Is it not still up? Still up there. Yep. In the same article. One, an hour later. And I left the rest up there for posterity. I'm not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. Here's what I wrote before. That was wrong. Here's the correction. It took me one hour. And if that's the strongest evidence you have that I'm full of shit, then you know that that speaks for itself. Why don't you bring up what else was in there? I told you Peros were going to Dragon Gate, and they did. Same article. What am I, clairvoyant? 
these people think I'm a psychic. <laughs> these, these people, these people think I'm clairvoyant, and I just guess this shit, and I'm always and I'm right ninety nine percent of the time. I wish. I wish I don't, I'd have a fucking crystal ball and some fucking tarot cards and I would do that for a living if I was as clairvoyant as these people think I am. I don't I I didn't mean to do this. You're good. You you want to cut it from the the then cut it. But I didn't mean <laughs> but it upsets me. I got you. No. You know, you question my credibility. You know, maybe a large chunk of the audience doesn't care about any of this, but I I just I had to get that off my chest. It's infuriating. Well, because the, the amount of work that goes into what we do and, and, and who we try to get sources from and how we try to report stuff. Like we, we always say, we could report double the amount of stuff that we report. But we don't do that because we can't clarify it. We can't get another source on it. We can't get anybody to confirm it. Like if we just went with everything we've ever heard and that's what some other sites do and they get a lot of retweets and a lot of likes and a lot of backpats. And that's great for them. But like, yeah, that's not what we do. We try to always make sure that what we're reporting, what we're talking about, what we're saying is, is backed up. In fact, that does have, you know, double sourcing, triple sourcing as many sources as we could possibly have that can confirm it. And that's not easy. It'd be a lot easier. The first thing you hear from the first person you hear to go and report it and put it up and make some money off that. It'd be great. It'd be awesome to do that, but that's not how you should do it. That's not the right way to do it. And we try to do it the right way. And yet, yeah, when people still come at you of, oh, you're not, yeah, yeah, this, what about this, what about this, what about this, it's frustrating, because it's like, we're trying to do it right, like, we're, doing, we're doing it right in the best way that we possibly can, and, and, and it's still, you know, being treated this way, which is, is definitely frustrating. Listen, Fujita and Funaki and Muto being fucking clowns is not something that's new. No, and, that's what and, we're and, saying, and, it's like, we've been on the block with this before, we know if what I were, this is. And if I were PR, I wouldn't try to make enemies of the media. I mean, you know, you just have to you, when you just have to swallow that shit when people are critical. You know, it's you know. So anyway, the main yeah, event was across, a fucking. It comes across really, uh, yeah, needlessly defensive about this. Just you know, let it, let it. If that's the decision that the company made, then then that's fine. Then, then you your job is not to argue with people and tell them no, it's actually good. Your job is to promote, you know, just promote it. Hey, well, you know what? Hey, you can watch the replay here at at, at Russell Dash Universe. You know, when when you do PR, you you now are no longer able to to argue with people about whether something is good or bad, or whether they should enjoy it or can enjoy it or are enjoying it. Like that, that's not your job anymore. Yeah. Well. Anyway, another bullshit finish. We all know the score. Um. It's terrible. It's a terrible story if that's the story they're telling. It serves to get no one over except the yes, guys. It's who... not going to work. I mean, we we it's just not. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 terrible, and and it's a shame because I love the house style in Noah. I like the English commentary. I don't. I like Pickering. They and, do a and, great job. They do a really good job. I like them. I like. No, them I I don't like when he questions my credibility and and puts that. But I I never had any beef with that guy, and and and, and until the other day, and. I, I love the way they present their product. I love the end. But look, the booking's a disaster and the inmates are running the asylum. I mean, we all know that, you know, and, and, and it's a shame. And, and, you know, it's, uh, and this match was another example of that. I mean, in, in a perfect world, now that Kiyomiya is the champion and he took all his lumps and okay, fine. He should have just beat Kaz Fujita center of the ring. And it should have been Kaz Fujita who was struggling to get to his feet. And Kiyomiya, who was standing tall and standing on the turnbuckle and celebrating and being and coming out looking more powerful. And this utter nonsense that the fans would have rejected that is garbage. This nonsense that Japanese fans 
what was the other shit that he was saying? And I'm paraphrasing. Well, just, I think a lot of it was that like Noah fans are a different breed and they would not accept something like that. Hey, don't buy that. Yeah, but, I, don't, you know. I don't buy it. He said the Japanese fans legitimate credibility means more to them and, and, and all of this. And it's uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I just, I just saw new Japan hit the highest heights in the history of their promotion with, with Kazuchika Okada, who probably never won a real fight in his life. I mean, it, it, it's, it's come on. Stop. It's an outdated. It's a. It's Stop. an outdated way. It's to outdated. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's not the only shit is that it got outdated. No one nearly out of. Or, it, 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 it's the shit that almost put New Japan out of business. You know. It's it's not only outdated. Ago. It's philosophies that nearly killed Japanese pro wrestling. Right. But. You know th- that's, you know, it, it, the lessons of the past are never learned. These are things that nearly killed Japanese pro wrestling, twenty years ago, and, it, it it's funny how. You know, the other thing here with 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 older wrestlers refusing to truly put over the younger wrestlers, uh, ironically enough, it's this very company that 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 sort of thing nearly killed this very company. Yep. It might have been 19 owners ago, but this is exact and for different reasons. It wasn't necessarily ego with Masawa and that era. It was fear that Marafuji and Kenta weren't ready because they they tried and then they changed their mind. And as a result, the failure to create – and who knows if Kenta or Marafuji ever even really would have worked. I don't know. But the overall failure to create new stars and put younger wrestlers over nearly killed this very company. And here we are again, and we're defending it. Well, if I were paid, Rich, I would defend it too. What's the next match? Uh, man, we're, we're, we're up against it here. We got about a minute left in the show, so I don't know – uh, that we got to Do you want to really anything else that really stood right, out to you in this no show? I know I that you fly. watched it all, so I don't want you to waste uh, uh, your time. I watched the top five, four matches, top four matches. Uh, so I can fly run through, through it, it as quick as you possibly can. And uh, sorry, give, New give, Japan, give, you're, you're, you're not going to get battle out of preview. Give Pitney so. comments to the matches that you watched okay. after I run through it. The semi main event with Muto, Marafuji, and Inamura over uh, Makabe, Hanma, and, and Tanahashi. I thought I, you thought this was fun. I thought it was dog shit. I thought this match was terrible. Um, I thought um, Muto barely got in the ring and, and he wasn't good when he was in there. Hanma looked like shit. And the closing stretch with Marafuji and Hamna and Hanma with Marafuji putting them away at the end, I thought um, was uh, very poor, Most mostly due in part because Hanma's completely shot. And outside he, of. He looks real rough these days. Yeah. I, 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 I would be happy. It was fun for. I, I found a little bit more fun than you did, but I would be good if, if, if they really start moonlighting Hanma and. and, and wrap it up here in the next couple of weeks and months like it, it, he's he looks brutal it, it, it does not look good anymore there's a novelty aspect to tanahashi getting in there with muto one more time but I, it doesn't do anything for me uh i'm not a huge muto fan so it doesn't it didn't tug at my heartstrings watching that so to me it was just a bad match the uh kojima and segura defending against uh nakajima and kano i thought this was the match of the night i thought this rocked i would go as high as about four and a quarter or four and a half on this. I thought, um, you know, Kojima and Segura are two of the older guys who will still go in there and work hard and can still wrestle competently and still wrestle at a high level. And uh, I thought this was easily the best match on the show. Did you watch it? Uh, I did. And I liked it. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought this was really, really good stuff. This, 
you know, this is the shit that we need. This is the shit. It, it seems pretty. I mean, th- when you talk about the house style and how we like the house style and how we like no and that sort of stuff, it's matches like this. That's just like, yeah, this is fucking great wrestling here. This is good back and forth and a, and a way that you can use veterans in a positive way. I mean, yeah, you know, it, it it's doesn't seem that hard, but you know, eh, whatever. Masakatsu Funaki and and Sakuraba <laughs> uh, Funaki chokes him out. This is a garbage. <laughs> Go away. This is a. Con- this is a contender for worst match of the year. Oh, it was horrendous. Away. It was horrendous. Just, just again. What is this? Is this fucking two thousand? Is this twenty two years ago? <laughs> yeah, we're in a time warp again. I don't know. Who yeah. wants this shit? I don't know. It's it's terrible. It was just so bad. Just just an atrocious atrocious match. Uh, Ninja Mac accidentally wins the junior title, um, or at least it appeared that way when he did the flippy do sunset flip on Hayata. Hayata appeared to get hurt. It looked like they were going to do a count out, but then the referee just waved it off. So it looks like Ninja Mac accidentally became the junior champion. So congratulations. Hey, to you me. know what? He adds his name to the, the list no matter what. So good for him. Yeah. The pantheon of, 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 of great. With, uh... with the way this company books their juniors, he may have been booked to win the match anyway. Who the fuck knows? Um, Has he joined junior... Stinger yet? Has he joined Stinger yet or no? Uh, well, there were no, you know, on this show, nobody uh, turned on each other. Okay. In the junior, yes. So. <laughs> That's but, actually kind of slowed down. It has slowed, yeah. That, that that we're gonna have to uh, retire that in a little bit. It, it was it got ridiculous for a couple months, but it has slowed down a little bit. So, so Kotoge and Yoshioka defend the junior tag titles successfully against uh, Tarasuke and Haroki, uh, and then they get challenged by two other members of Congo. It was um, it was uh, you it was um, uh, Shuji Kondo and Hajime O'Hara. So they will be the next challengers for the junior titles. I should note. The next challengers for the heavyweight titles are the Funky Express, right? Did the Funky Express come out and challenge? Um, so at this point, I didn't, I didn't see anything at this point, so I cannot, yeah. uh, I cannot tell you. But oh no, yeah, yeah, no, 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 never mind. You're right. You're, you're talking about that match. Yes, Funky Express did come out, which was a little bit of like, a, oh man. <laughs> like, so he, we roll Nakajima Kano out of the ring, get those out of there, and then Funky Express comes out, and I'm like, ah, I don't know. That right. match won't be quite as good. No, as I, the that is a very good take, Joe. I do not think that Joe that match is going to be as good as Kojima and Segura versus uh, Nakajima and Kano. I, I, I agree. So, yeah. So I'm not going to go through the undercard tag because it was just your standard fare, but there was one little angle after Dante Leone and Jack Morris defeated Daike Yanaba and Yohei. No, it wasn't that match. It was after the um, – or was it? I forget which match it was after, but uh, Heo returned. He lost the loser leave town uh, to Tarasuke, and he returned under a mask, and he apparently is back. So um, that was another angle they did. Um I just don't remember what they may have done that after the uh, someone in the chat can correct me. All I know is they did an angle with where ha- where Hayo came back. So um, anyway, that was the uh, Noah show. I didn't think it was a good show at all. The heavyweight tag team title match was awesome, and the I thought the rest of this show was mostly shit. I I, I watched the whole thing, and I can't recommend anything else on this show other than the uh, GHC tag team title match. Uh, and then we have Nakamura and Muto happening. That, that was the other big news here is that uh, yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura yeah. is going to be facing Great Muta at uh, their February. Uh, he's going to be at the January 1st show, January 1st show. The final final Muto thing is going to be February 21st. But uh, the Shinsuke Nakamura Great Muta match, January 1st, 2023. So that's a, a fun, interesting match there to figure out how that hell came together and happened. But, yeah, cool. Well, I, I think we, this Muto retirement thing, guys are going to want to work with him for one one more time. You know that that's they're going to want to work with him one last time. So, 
the fact that WWE is allowing Nakamura to do this is good. I mean, you know, I, these promotions should work together more and, and, and things like this where this is no skin off WWE's back. No. You know what I mean? And there could be some backdoor deal where he comes in and goes into their Hall of Fame or, or something like that. I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that was the Noah show. Um, you know, I, the rant, you know, for anyone who doesn't care about that stuff, I'm, I'm sorry, I guess. But I – it's um, it was a wild week. Uh, and then uh, real quickly before we go here, uh, New Japan World TV title tournament, uh, the quarterfinals uh, have happened. Like you said, you reviewed all of the first round matchups at uh, Flash yeah. Patreon.com, uh, Patreon.com slash Voices Wrestling. Uh, the first round was pretty fun. There was some really, really good matches. The Ren and Rita uh, Ishii match that I talked to you about last week, you finally watched it and you loved it just as much as I did. Uh, the quarterfinals, not as good. That's a great way to put it. They were... Pretty boring somehow. I, I didn't think that the I thought that this was like a new invigorated uh, title with some new steps and it's 15 minute time limits. And and then they were just kind of boring. I don't know. Yeah, I did not like anything of the quarterfinal. I mean, I think Zach Sabre Jr. and David Finley was fine. But yeah, the rest of it was just kind of like, I don't know. Just People there. seem to enjoy that one. I'm kind of over Zach Sabre Jr. right now. I go through periods with him where he bores me. And right now I'm in a period where Zach Sabre Jr. bores me. The rest of the quarterfinal matches, I, I didn't think any of them were good. Uh, Renderita and Toro Yano. Um, Sonata versus Kenta was so fucking bad. Now, I understand Kenta got busted open hard way in his first round match. And he was wearing the headband and everything. Um, no, it was Sonata and. Yeah, it was Sonata and Kenta, right? It was. Who did Sonata beat Taichi in the first round? Yeah, and then it was. Let me get the exact bracket here. Sonata and Kenta. It was Sonata and I, Kenta. I'm almost positive and, that's a match, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that match was awful. And then Evil. Um, who did Evil face in the quarters? He faced Evil uh, faced uh, Yoshihashi in in the quarters, and yeah, that was. Or no, that's that had, yeah, yeah, that was that's the match, yeah, yeah, because Yoshihashi upset um, Jeff Cobb in the mm-hmm, first mm-hmm, round. Mm-hmm. So those three matches weren't any good. Uh, Saber Finley, I didn't particularly like it, but I think a lot of our listeners. Would. I, I enjoyed that, it. I, I it was far and away the best of all the, the second round matchups. I enjoyed it, but. Yeah, my hope is the semifinals are a little bit. I mean, Sonata and Renderita has a, at least, hopefully, a chance to be pretty good. Saber and Evil probably won't be very good. And then the hope is that, I mean, I'm with you that I think, you know, the final is going to happen at Wrestle Kingdom. I think it's time to crown. I I would go with Renderita with that. I think it's a great opportunity to crown him uh, and have him win. So I don't know if they want, you know, Zack Saber Jr. in a singles match at Wrestle Kingdom or they have something bigger for him. I don't know if you would do evil, but I, I think you got to do Renderita, right? Like he has to win this thing. At this point, I think after watching the match against Ishii, he, yeah, if he wasn't the scheduled winner, and I wrote this behind the paywall, if he wasn't the scheduled winner, they need to change the plans and he needs to win it, because they really have a chance. He has a chance to be a real star. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not just, uh, you know, Shibata cosplay thing. It's, you know he's he he comes across like his own man and and Shibata is his legitimate mentor so it works you know and it's not as if Shibata invented the idea of a no nonsense black tights wearing ass kicker he was just doing what the guys in the 70s and 80s did so it's not as if this is a unique gimmick to Shibata that someone's trying to bite off of here what Renderita is doing is classic strong style traditional new japan no nonsense ass kicker and Shibata just happened to be the most recent one and, and, and is his mentor and the, and the guy who had a hand in his training and everything else. So it all works. 
So, um, you know, he, he really, um, he, he really, they really have, I think a chance to have something with him. And then we're seeing a lot of that generation of guys come along nicely. I know we're up against it, but Yota Suji, I think is looking better and better. Every time I watch him in, in rev, I think he's got a chance to be something special. Obviously, uh, Uminu, um, I don't know what's going on with you Amora. He's putting out some weird tweets that he's saying like goodbye. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I'm very Um, weirded out by that. I, I, I would, you know, but the, the good thing is, like you said, I don't know what the future is with that. I don't know if that's just some weird excursion thing that he's doing or whatever, but they won't, he won't be like, if he truly is like just leaving or gone or whatever, I mean, that would suck because I think he's got a ton of talent. But now that I've seen Narita and I've seen him back in Japan, I'm like, no, you know what? If Uemura is like weird and doesn't want to do this or whatever, they won't miss. I mean, they, they, I think they have a really good crop with the, the, these group. The, this, this crop, group I think, yeah. is going to work this out. This crop nice. is blowing away the Watos and blowing away the even blowing away a Yo in a show. Uh, you know, when they in terms of being singles, you know, mid card to main event type guys, I think they have a few of them in here. The, these are not future juniors and future. I mean, Renarita looks already like he's a guy that you could really do some stuff with. And this title, they preach about this title being about young wrestlers and all that sort of stuff. It just makes all the sense in the world to to, to give this platform to Renarita and just it's an instant instant way to just say, hey, this is a guy that matters and this is a guy that you need to pay attention to. And they do do that. A lot of the young lions when they come, when they truly believe that th- that guy matters and is going to mean something, they don't waste time with them. That's when we said when they put. When they did the Master Watto thing, we said that's that that's tells you right now what they think of this guy. They don't think this guy is a legit dude that can become a guy. But then you look at what they did with Jay White, and you say, okay, that's a guy that they knew was going to be a star right away, so then they didn't fuck around with him. They just, when he was ready to come back from Excursion, he came back and he was instantly a star. You know, and and I'm not saying they're instantly making Ren Narita a star by giving him the, you know, the world TV title or whatever, but I think that's, it's closer to, to, to that than it is to what they've doing, done with some recent guys as well, so. The Ren Narita Ishii match was in Cork and Hall with a cheering crowd. And it was the first time since the pandemic that it really, truly felt like real New Japan. Yeah, I, I agree. The, it felt like crowd real noise, New Japan back. Guys just kicking the shit out of each other. It's 15 minutes. It's, yeah, it was. Yeah, the 15-minute the time limit deal with these matches, I think, has worked. It gives them a sense of urgency. It breaks the house style to some extent when it comes to singles matches. And it, it really has worked. Um you know, I could do it out Zack Sabre Jr. doing the taking it to 1455 every match. I could do it out that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, um, I, I agree. That, and that was the one part with the Finley match that I had is that they're sitting there and they're, you know, yeah, getting in holes and getting out and then staring at each other, walking around the ring. And I'm like, 15 minutes, let's go. You know, how much time, yeah, guys? Let's reel it let's in. Get like, to it. Yeah, whereas like um, Ishii and Narita was like, we got 15 minutes, bell ring. And they're just like, kill, death, kill. You know, and that's that's what I want. That's That's what, you know, like you said, classic New Japan felt more like that. It, it, yeah, it, it 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 really that match made it feel like wow, this is what New Japan used to feel like before the pandemic, and um, you know, it, 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 and now and people should know every television title match, tournament or otherwise, is free on New Japan World. That's the gimmick with this. So you if you don't have New Japan World, you can go watch that Ren Narita Ishii match on New Japan World for free. Yep. Every tournament match is free. And then once they crown their champion, all of the title matches for the television title are going to be free on New Japan World. So they're using this title sort of to, um, 
you know, almost entice people to come to New Japan World, use the service, see what it's like, and then maybe, you know, you get some buys out of that. Oh, okay, that match was good. This service is easier to use than I thought. It's not intimidating to me as someone who doesn't read or speak Japanese. And then maybe they get – I think that's the idea behind it. And also the office really wants to push younger wrestlers because they see the success that stardom has had with that. And there's some impatience with – the new Japan dojo system that we've spoken about here that the office has, there's kind of an internal push and pull between some of the trainers and the, and the, and the more traditional people in new Japan and the office, which wants instant results and young, good looking guys being pushed because they want to kind of copy the model that stardom does with, you know, stardom, you know, they push teenagers, you know, and, and, and they're all under the same umbrella and they want it. They want new Japan to move these guys along faster and get the younger you know, good-looking guys into prominent positions instead of you know pussyfooting around with the traditional ways, with the excursion, the comeback. Right. These guys the, aren't ready until they're thirty-two years old, and it's like, well, we've probably we've we may have missed a window with these guys already. Yeah. Now this current crop, you know, Renderita's twenty-four, and 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 Umino's twenty-six, twenty-five or twenty-six, and Suji I think is a little older. He's twenty-seven or twenty-eight. He might actually be twenty-nine. So this crop is a little younger because you know there have been some crops where guys were a little older. So they have some more time with these guys, but the point is the office wants to push young. This I, this title was the idea of the – this wasn't something that Gato wanted to do. This is something that the office pushed and said, you know, we want to expose our younger talent. We want this built around younger talent, faster-paced matches. And so it, it makes all the sense in the world for Ren Narita to win this thing, and I hope he does. Uh, so, real quick, we had the Battle Autumn show this weekend. We've previewed it a little bit here and there. The main event, Osprey versus Naito for the U.S. title. That's the big one. Yeah. FTR uh, versus Okan and Jeff Cobb for the tag team titles. Uh, semifinals matches for both of the world TV uh, titles. And then uh, Okada and Tamatonga versus Jay White and Kent are the matches you really need to uh, uh, be aware of. And uh, we will uh, we will have to punt our, uh, our New Japan and New Zealand. Uh, it's not till November 11th, so we can talk about. Oh, the, we got time. We can that, talk about yeah. the Wheelman Tony Kazina after that. We talk about Michael Richards is back, Joe. Michael Richards, yeah. not that Michael Richards. The other Michael Richards, the wrestling Michael Richards is back. The Young Lion Cup, Mike. Wasn't he one of the Young Lion Cups? Uh, he was, absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely yeah, remember writing about him in the New Japan ebook. But, uh, and I'm sure that tournament is loaded with uh, Bad Luck Fale students. So yeah, um, there's a bunch of guys. Yeah. They don't all look like winners, but Hey, there's some fun guys there. We'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about that next next week. week. Yeah. We don't need to get to that this week, but that is it for us here on the flagship podcast. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast, Apple podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Radio Public. I think we're on Odyssey. We're on everything. Anything you could possibly find. If we're not on it, let us know. Uh, get on there. Make sure you subscribe to the flagship feed as well as the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network feed. Subscribe to both of those and download everything so we can get our numbers up and be number one in more countries than just Turkey and the Isle of Man. But we're coming for you, other countries. There's, there's some other ones we're popping out. I looked at the charts. We're, we're popping up on a few others, too. So we're, we're not far away from it. But uh, anyway, make sure you subscribe to us on there. Uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Patreon. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Flagship Patreon, whichever way you want to get there. Uh, you can get there. $5 tier, $10 tier. Gets you all of our bonus audio. Uh, then we mentioned it as well. YouTube.com slash Voices of Wrestling. That is uh, our YouTube channel. Trying to ramp that up a little bit. We obviously have all of our podcasts on there. But additionally, trying to uh, get some some clips uh, from the shows that really stand out. Things that are people have enjoyed it. They've said, hey, it's a lot easier to share your show now. That I can send people this 20-minute clip and say, hey, listen to these guys. Look how fun they are. Look how exciting they are. Uh, look how funny and, and smart and handsome they are. And then, then people will listen to us after that. So that's good. We appreciate that. So YouTube.com slash voices of wrestling so that is it for us 
For Joe, I'm Rich. We'll talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care. Music, it's not just part of our daily lives, it's part of our wrestling fandom as well, and it has been for decades. That's where this show comes in, Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling, hosted by Andrew Rich. Hey, that's me. Each episode delivers a different topic with a variety of great guests, fun conversations, musical analysis, and of course, a heartfelt pun or two. New episodes drop every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Check out Music of the Mat only on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.